I don't care where you guys hunt specifically in Shawnee, but the fact that like somebody's ah. killed. Uh, <laughs> see, see how I play that off, and then later on I'll just be like, hey, why don't you just send me that point while you're at? <laughs> There we go. Now we're back. <laughs> Echo. Echo. <laughs> he did that on purpose. Hunter, Hunter Podcast, episode mm-hmm. 24. And we're going to dive right in. We've got Tyler and Casey from The Element with is it, us. Guys, is it The Element or The Element Wild? Uh, it's really The Element. Um, <laughs> but if you want to try to buy TheElement.com, it's going to cost <laughs> you like 20 grand. Mm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a little added descriptor it was on the there. Sh- it was the skateboard company, then it was the camo. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there was exactly yeah. five or ten yeah. other ones yeah. in there somewhere. There's some intellectual property aspects that we'll just say that it's the element wild cool. for, yeah. for descriptor terms. Cool. So I guess tell us just a little bit about yourselves, guys. You can introduce yourselves and um, what is the element? What's it about? How long have you guys been kind of cranking at some stuff? And we'll just kind of interrupt you as if we... <laughs> Yeah. If we see the well, opportunity. Um, I'm KC and I'm Tyler. <laughs> uh, I've been messing around with a bow since I was about a year and a half. So that's probably when it started. But uh, we've been doing stuff together. Uh, it's 2016. 2015. 2015. Dang, right? Spring 20. Maybe it was. 26, spring, spring 2016. Yeah, we actually started out. Um, we met on Tinder. And, uh, <laughs> Uh, so you slide the wrong way on so that late. one. <laughs> no, we did kind of uh, hook or like connect through Facebook or something because Tyler was making fly fishing films and I love to fly fish. Very cool. And so we actually ended up going fly fishing together originally. We're from the same area around here at, in East Texas in Lake Fork. But um, we went on like a two-hour trip to go fly fish, like a two-hour trip drive and tyler told me a story the whole time and then i was like hey i can hang out with this guy Two hours, <laughs> minimum. he caught a uh, he caught like a six foot gar on a fly rod that day so we had a good day. i was gonna and, say uh, you you guys talking texas and fly fishing in the same breath like those two typically don't go together yeah you know you think that but yeah a lot of folks it's hush think, hush man yeah, <laughs> right. yeah a lot of folks think fly fishing is you know freestone streams in the rockies well it's, it's it kind of developed that way or whatever i guess kind of <clears> in britain actually but that's a whole separate matter but uh, we just kind of developed it into something we like to do around here with, you know, about near any of the warm water species. I actually uh, kind of came about fly fishing in a different direction. I started fly fishing when I lived on the coast, mm-hmm. redfish, trout, yep. flounder and stuff. Yep. But um, anyways, that's kind of how we started hanging out. And Tyler talked me into taking a mm, three and a half day trip to Arizona to go yeah. <laughs> chase native fish. Brutal. Yeah. Yeah. We, it's like, you know, 16 hour drive or whatever. And, uh we did we basically got there um we fished a day did we fish two days we fished two days and we drove home you know the fourth day mm-hmm. oh, yeah. and it was like i mean it was a <laughs> we were worn out yeah 16 hour drive to fish for like 48 hours yeah right? there you go sounds about yeah. right did you get into fish oh yeah 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 we were actually going after apache trout and mm-hmm. uh caught a few i caught i caught one kc caught a few uh and then we caught a bunch of rainbows and very cool you know, man rounds, like that. yeah so it was fun and um, saw like so many everything species of wildlife i think yeah. almost every large big game animal you could see in arizona we saw yeah that's so cool. that was pretty cool yeah that's yeah. awesome so we uh yeah so then after that it was kind of like you know a lot of windshield time we decided uh uh well i had already i had already been doing like 
like outdoor production type stuff for several years. Um, it was kind of a guy that I did it with a buddy that I was doing it with, uh, kind of previous to, um, had done another tour in Afghanistan. And so it was kind of just like, you know, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't one of those things that was making money at that point anyway. Mm -hmm. And so we, you know, it's not that we were like done doing it, but we kind of were, I guess. And so, I uh, talked to KC and was like, you know, slowly talking him into this idea that there was, uh, you know, an outdoor production that was going to start happening. Right. And so I basically like that fall, um, he got married and I on started, November 19th, by the way. Yeah. So Holy cow, man. Not the truth. Make, make sure that you arrange things better than his that. mind was more <laughs> like coastal fishing at the time. Right. Could we say um, he was I, rutting at the time? I mean, it, it's very possible. Yeah, full, full, right? No, literally, the day I got married, a huge cold front blew in <laughs> in 2016, and it was like it was like 30 degree temperature drop, you know, uh, and it was just it was. I was you're still better about it. I can tell <laughs> it just comes <laughs> back. Every He's year. like, you know, I love my wife, but if I could go back and do it again, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, baby, can we hold off for just like two months? Yeah. Just, yeah. just bump yeah. it. So, yeah, we, uh, we ended up though that year we did hunt together some, and I just kind of convinced him. He, he had always done a lot of, I the only public land hunting that I'd really done much of uh, a little bit of elk hunting, but uh, mostly waterfowl stuff. We just, I grew up hunting public, you know, for waterfowl. And so, but I deer hunted a lot. We just had, we had laces and stuff, you know? So um, anyway, I, I convinced him to let me follow him around with a camera in 2016 a little bit. And like the fourth time we went into the woods here in Northeast Texas, we actually had the a shot at like, the biggest buck we've had a shot at on public probably on in texas, texas yeah. you know mm. and well, um, you shot a pretty big one last year yeah it's true but you know big deer biggest and one. so yeah and it happened like like i said like the, the fourth time we went out for an afternoon or whatever and from there it was like this is this is pretty cool i learned a lot i got to follow, follow him around and then, you know i knew how to run a camera he didn't know how to run a camera so uh i just figured i'd follow him around a lot and i did that year and uh that I didn't know like how he felt about it at the time, but it was kind of like, you know, I thought, man, you know, he's pretty, he's not embarrassed to anything. You know, a lot of guys clam up when they get on camera or whatever on a podcast and he's not really that way. So he was just a good subject to film, you know, and I thought, man, this could be cool, you know? So we just started doing that over the next couple of years. And then we realized that Texas wasn't a great place to actually start a brand where you hunt in public land. Uh, so we, uh, we decided to branch out a little bit and that's when we started seeing a little more success in what we're doing, you know? Very so. cool, man. And are you guys hunting primarily public land then? Yeah, probably like 90, 90% of the time yeah. or so, 89%, maybe. I wouldn't say know. that like we're a public land brand per se, but we're just, are, you know, what we do is whatever we can out of necessity. Yeah, right. You know? so, uh, Tyler and I both own some, smaller or each have a smaller property that's our homestead yep and you know we kind of backyard hunt that and then everything else that we do is either permission or public right yep, yep. So. well and i mean that's uh you know jared and i kind of grew up that same way i mean we we have private that we've had access to but you know as we expand our reach you know we probably hunt more public than we do private even when we have leases in other states like we just tend to go wherever the deer are and a lot of times you know that isn't on the lease it's on public that's bordering the lease or whatever a lot of times it seems like the public is just a little bit better than where our lease is at so the lease gets Mm -hmm. us into an area and the public around it is you know pretty solid so yeah that's the uh pretty much the exact situation that kind of 
I don't know, kicked us off into like understanding that we can do video production. You know, we, we have a film from 2019 called, or I'm sorry, 2017 called Nameless uh, mm-hmm. that uh, was that exact scenario. You know, Tyler, you'd hunted on a lease quite a bit mm-hmm. and uh, it was just a bad wind for that spot we were trying to go hunt. So we decided to just hop over to the public and it's the same scenario you're talking about. Yep. You know, end up shooting, Tyler shot a, you know, a 150 class public land buck and we filmed it and it was sick you know yeah. and they're like all right let's do this <laughs> yeah. no cameraman here yeah, yeah. and that it, it's funny how that works out like we we did the same thing last year i killed a an upper 150s on public though we had seen that deer a bunch on our lease like we knew the corridor he was using and and it was public right it was in between two of our smaller tracks that we had and so it was like well like anybody could go in there but if i can get in there you know probably gonna kill that deer so yeah you know that's just the way that we, we looked at it. On, on X, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's Mark. Part yeah. of that part of that has been that um, in recent years, we've been bringing uh, Jeremy's dad with us. Yep. And, and I've got a guy that <clears throat> I've been kind of mentoring for. He's older than I am and is a, men- a life mentor to me, but he's a hunting mentor of mine. Vice You're, versa. Yeah. Vice versa. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so ne- neither of, of them are quite as, um, you know, ready or able to run and gun with, you know, uh, whatever it is, a, a saddle or, you know, a, a set of sticks and stuff to go out onto a piece of public and, uh, and identify a spot that's going to be good. And, um, so what we end up doing is putting those guys on our kind of known spots on the leases, uh, where we have stands hung already and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then Jeremy and I are branching out and kind of just doing a little more reconnaissance throughout the week or, or whatever the trip looks like. And yep. that's our strategy for this year. Yeah. Mm. Well, and I mean, you guys know it. I mean, you've spent enough time in different States and in public availability. I mean, you know, yeah, there's big bucks on private lands and on leases and stuff, but there's some great deer hunting on, on a lot of these public lands, but you got to work for it. You know, it, it surely isn't going to come, come easy. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's really, uh, kind of, a a lot of times it's an access issue, you know, it's just like, mm-hmm. well, this, uh, particular private I have has a bunch of good deer on camera on it, but a lot of them are in the dark. So yep. You know, and that deer just happens to be somewhere else a lot of times. And on public, you you have lots of acres to to uh, find that deer. You know, where he's a little bit closer to his bedding or whatever. So it, mm-hmm. that's that's where that is a uh, you know a, a nice thing to have, I guess. You know, when you're hunting public stuff. So yeah, for but yeah. Sure. I mean, like uh, if you look at it, I mean, technically most uh, most big deer are being killed a lot of times on private land. You know, mm-hmm. bigger deer just because uh less of them getting killed less pressure throughout the season and all that age class you know age class a lot of places we're going trying to shoot three-year-old plus deer because uh that's what's there right you know and of course like this is what i think people don't understand a lot whenever they watch um popular tv shows or youtube channels or whatever it might be um that's someone's hunting scenario most likely is a lot different than what they're watching on tv whereas like mm-hmm. if say for instance this year we're going to go to south dakota we drew those tags we're going to be there for five days um our standards if we're i think being logical are going to be different than someone who has a season-long hunt on a piece of private right like they can for be sure. choosy be picky or, or yep. whatever and I'm not saying that I just like to go, you know, mow them down or, or whatever, but, uh, yeah. I like to, I mean, one of the reasons we like, we do this is we like to shoot stuff, right? Yeah. We, it's, we enjoy hunting. You know? We enjoy that whole process. So if you just go and pass everything you see, 
and wait on six-year-old deer on public land, you might have a tough time. Well, that's you know? it, man. You got you to gotta manage your expectations. And I know, like, Jared and I have similar expectations, which is probably why we hunt well together. Like, you know, in most cases, we're trying to kill something that's four or older, right? And, mm-hmm. and in a lot of cases, like last year, we drew North Dakota bow tags for mule deer. And first time I've ever hunted mule deer. Uh, and, you know, I killed a two-year-old in velvet with my bow, which I was thrilled with. Right. Oh, and I'm, it's got to cry. Right. And I mean, it's, it's one of those things that it's not like that changes who I am as a hunter and I'm going to just go out and do that every year. But like, I've never hunted mule deer before, let alone with a bow. I've never killed a deer in velvet. He had like a baby drop time. And so the, you know, and I, we were on the ground shooting like straight down underneath us. Like the whole aspect of the situation is really what makes the hunt. Right. And so that's whatever you feel is going to get you excited and make you happy at the end of the day. Like, you know, more power to you. There's something to be said too for making that decision in in the moment. Like, um, Mm. I I don't think there's anything wrong with setting out to kill a four year old or a a specific, um, you know, even antler class of deer or whatever. But then while the hunt is happening and and who you're doing it with and where you're at and what you've invested into that, like, like your decision to shoot that mule deer, I think was the right one. Mm -hmm. Um, because of all those, um, Mm -hmm. you know, variables that are considered And, and yeah, it's not the buck that, you'd set out to, to shoot. Um, but I think it was every bit as, as fun and, and fulfilling because of those reasons. So, so what, yeah. what does your season look like guys? You, you mentioned South Dakota. Um, I assume, are you going out there for mule deer or whitetail or both? We are equal opportunity. <laughs> I love it. I love Whatever. it. Yeah. So it's like so from what we were understanding, right? You guys can't hunt there until October one on public land. Is that right? As a non-resident? Yeah. Yeah, and that yeah, any any public access you can't go yep. on resident until October one. Isn't so, that crazy? Yeah, it's, <laughs> they just changed that not not too long ago. Yeah, I, That's I don't what, know. I mean, I'm all for well, this is a whole nother deal too. Um, I'd rather the state make the regulations than the national government at least, you know. Sure. But like that really does feel like kind of a slap in the face to the folks who are coming from out of state and paying hundred percent, man, larger amounts of money, but whatever. We, we, we literally had that discussion, man. We, we were kind of like, when we first started looking at South Dakota, it was like, yeah, we would love to just go hunt public, but because that doesn't, we can't do it till October 1st as a non-resident. It's like, well, it rules it out, man. I'm, I'm whitetail hunting in the East at that point. Like I'm, my mindset has changed and we had a planned hunt for North Dakota, like, starting on the third or fourth of September. So it was like, you know, we really want to start on the first, how do we do it? You know, and we ended up leasing a piece of ground there, which frankly could be shitty. Like we don't know, like we have no idea how, how good that land is or isn't. Um, but it was the only opportunity we had to be able to start hunting on the first and then be there for a few days and then move to North Dakota, which we have more experience with from last year. I don't think that there is a, bad piece of property in the whole state just from my experience up there so yeah, yeah, yeah y'all should be pretty pretty stoked i mean it, it maybe if you're talking about antler class and stuff like that sure. it's different but there's going to be deer there yeah uh, well, I, I think that the trade-off is like <clears throat> we've been to this spot in north dakota and like we know it's good so mm-hmm. uh, we know the deer are there that we want to target I, we just mm-hmm. don't know that in south dakota and mm-hmm. when we're getting stacked up against these other challenges it's like man are we, are we better off just saving our time and doing North Dakota? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And that's the thing you got to weigh out as a traveling hunter, you know, but I mean, it's only experience two hours away too. too. Yeah. It's only, it's only two hours away too. So, but yeah. but it kind of changes the trip drastic, not drastically, but 
enough enough to where we need to consider it here because if we're gonna hunt south dakota we're gonna start in south dakota and we're gonna pick up an rv in the black hills and head north and start there and then you know kind of as we get into it um whether, whether we tag out or we just decide that it's time to move on mm-hmm. we'll just head another two hours north to where we're hunting in, in north dakota whereas if we decide to abandon south dakota altogether I don't think we'll touch the state of South Dakota. We'll we'll pick up a, a camper in Bismarck probably sure. and just head west across the state. Well, I think to your point, guys, what's interesting about it is look at those two states. Like North Dakota is regulating hunters, uh, particularly around mule deer, based on draw statistics, whereas, you know, essentially we can open over the counter in a South Dakota standpoint to to get in and, and do that kind of stuff for any deer. And so you know, the way that South Dakota is looking at it to throttle non-residents is, yeah, y'all can't hunt public land until October 1, um, mm-hmm. which is an interesting approach because it's like they still want... stupid. Well, <clears throat> yeah. Okay, let's lay it out. It is. Well, because they still want the money, but they're going to cut a full month of season, you know, out of it's gonna have what un- you can do. It's going to have undesirable consequences. It's just going to make us pressure landowners that much more. Sure. It's going to drive up lease costs that much more. Like, these people are still going to go and try to hunt, or they're going to just not go to that state. The whole attraction to go out to the Dakotas is, early. I can hunt in September. Yep. I want to go out early. That's now. the whole point. Well, I've got my, one of my buddies, Tony, He's the, he didn't hunt there anymore because of that. He's like, really? If they're going to do that, I'm not going. Well, know? that's how our schedule works out, man. It's like literally when October 1 comes around, we're in Ohio or Kentucky or something, and I'm, I'm whitetail focused at that point. Yeah, yeah. You know, just how it yeah. is. Well, the th- thing with us, I guess, is that uh, Ohio and Kentucky are just as far away. You stay in your neck of the woods and we'll stay in ours. That's right. <laughs> There's well, only a few uh, overlaps where we cross the streams. <laughs> I think that's kind of the relief for us heading up there, though, for an October opener is that around here it's usually 98 degrees. Yep. Like, no no joke, you know, yeah. for the opener. And I'm a, my whole life I've looked forward to it, but still I've never killed deer on opening day. It's scorching. You know, part of the state. Yeah. yeah. It's so hot. Which they have to exist and you could do it, but I just don't like to. Yeah. You know? No, so, I mean, and dude, there's something special about those areas. You know, even when we were out there in early September last year in North Dakota, like it just felt good. Yeah. Like you're yeah. out there, it's just beautiful country, feels good, the weather feels good. Like there was there was nothing about that trip that I didn't love. Yeah. yeah. That's was, how I was in South Dakota. Like it was like low 30s some nights when we were out there you know, it's <laughs> yeah. like you get in your sleeping bag and you feel comfortable and there's no mosquitoes and it's just like uh, man, it's well and what's great about mule deer is like you don't need camo so i'm rocking just like feather light pants and a t-shirt you know it's it's nice and cool in the morning so you but get that feel i got up. a hoodie and your glass and from mm-hmm. the truck and stuff but then it starts to heat up and it's like all right t-shirt and mm-hmm. let's hit it we did see some big white tails <laughs> yeah, out there last year in like, south dakota so um the there's a tribal radio station where we were that was like the only radio you could get and uh kind of like we had the right wind shift like we knew it's gonna be a good night so like that afternoon it was like you know 75 and sunny we all did a spit bath you know and we're like dancing around to michael jackson on this uh uh tribal radio station or whatever out there just in the middle of the plains one of the greatest experiences ever yeah you know? man it's great weather you know yeah good stuff. and just nobody like it, there's very, I mean, there are places that exist, especially as you get into the Western um, states, but like there's very few places that you can feel like you're just remote. Like you're out there, it's you, it's the wildlife, it's a hunting scenario. 
you know, and, and you have, I don't know, I don't want to say control of it because a lot of it's out of control, but like, it just feels like you can do something with what you're working with out there. Whereas mm -hmm. a lot of places that we hunt, you know, Illinois, wherever, like, who knows, dude, you could walk in 50 yards and be like, man, this is a spot I want to be. And there's three guys and trees, you know, a hundred yards apart. I think it was just a, yeah. it was like our, um, like all of our hopes and dreams were like fulfilled when we, as soon as we got there, we're like, this is why we've been so excited about sure. this spot. Yeah. It was everything yeah. we hoped for. And it's the awesome. adventure part, man. Right. I mean, that's, that's yeah. why we do it is, yeah, it'd be great to kill a giant mule deer out there, but the adventure of being out there and spotting stock or whatever it is, like they're nothing better than that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that's why I used to, and still do enjoy elk hunting so much because mm -hmm. it's adventurous. Yep. And then uh, this is a kind of a sticky deal, but over-the-counter elk tags have become, become so popular that it's a lot of that feeling has gone away from it mm. because there's just people everywhere. Not crazy. Um, yeah, it's weird. We had, we had a tough time last year getting away from folks, and I've never really had that problem before, even in well-roaded units. You know, it's just like, I don't know, people had a little change in their pocket because and some time off because of COVID, I guess, and they're yep. just like, let's go to mountains, you know. But uh, so I think that's what we're going to do this year instead of – going elk hunting, which is a hard thing for me to say, but I'm going to go and do early season whitetail instead. Tyler's done that for a couple of years mm -hmm. for a September, you know, a September opener and uh, do that thing instead. So it's still, for me, it'll be a new state. We're going to go hunt Nebraska. Oh, cool, man. Go do that deal. and uh, Yeah, that'll so. be awesome. <laughs> Tyler, <laughs> Tyler is, uh, uh, has a love-hate with Nebraska for sure, but uh, I think we – we got some plans for this year that are it's tough be ground to cover out there i i used to work out there a lot so i spent a lot of time in that area and a lot of those draws and cottonwood draws and stuff and i mean those deer you know like a lot of those those places in the plains they cover some ground for sure um but at least early in the year you know it's it's at least a little bit more patternable you know from where they're where they're at and where they're going type of thing you know once you get to the rut those deer are everywhere yeah yeah yeah, uh, I guess that's kind of the other nice thing about it is that tag is good for a while. So yeah, Nebraska, not super far. So there's a world where, like, say, if a tag doesn't get filled and we do fill a couple other tags, you know, maybe a late run hunt or a December hunt, you know, something like that could still go up there and do. That's that is one of the nice things about you know when you get a season long tag like that, you can kind mm -hmm. of have that fallback. But it goes fast though, just, man. Like we were what? just talking, we were just talking about on the last podcast, like how fast it goes. It's like, uh, you know, weather's not that great this week. I'll kind of lay back next thing you know, it's Halloween and you're like, where did, what? Like half the season's gone. Yeah. Oh, I know, man. Yeah, yeah. It's tough. And that's why for us, we've been trying to like make some type of a push for October because I mean, dude, straight up around here, October's terrible. Really? Unless you, you're yeah. hunting a private land spot where you have a corn pile, October's tough, man. You know, yeah. it's just the deer just, it's not really like a, a lull it's just it's just usually real hot you know mm -hmm. so it's up for us it's like go find another state or something where deer are doing more deer stuff mm -hmm. you know yep that's so. the trick well and i mean i think jared and i have kind of embraced that a little more we hunt a lot around our homes i guess in in october but just because it seems like every year there's better opportunities whether it's that first cold front in october or that you know, 20th, I mean, really for me, that 23rd to the 27th in a lot of our whitetail areas is just, that's the time I, I probably kill most of my mature deer. Um, yeah. you know, there's, they're still kind of on a pattern they're hitting scrapes. 
They're not full out chasing, probably that, on well, the verge. That's what KC said. That's just when deer are doing deer stuff. Yep. And it's, that's where I want to be. You the know, bu- the bucks, they're just like, they're, they haven't been pressured. They haven't had like that rut pressure yet, yep. but they're, they're kind of, they're still on a feeding pattern, but they're starting to establish territory. Like that time frame he's talking about up here is like S- Scrape City. If you can, mm-hmm. you compare that time frame, um, you know, with a good cold front or especially like a rain front, and you get on a, a primary scrape, you know, that's done. There's nothing better mm-hmm. up here, anyway. In fact, I think it's better than most of November. Yeah, it's more predictable for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, the way that I actually found you guys or that I came across you guys was from a, a video you guys did with Onyx. Do, do you have some kind of a partnership with Onyx that you're doing like a, a series with them? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. We've, we've uh, been partnering with them for a couple of years now and uh, we do a map scout challenge series among other things with them. Uh, but that's the video you're referring to is yep. one of our map scout challenge videos. And so we're actually going to be up in your neck of the woods this summer uh, yep. doing a couple of map scout challenge videos. Oh, really? So we're excited about that. Yeah. It'll be fun. Um, but cool. yeah, it's a, uh, it's a fun, it was a huge project to put together. Um, you know, we shot, we shot it all in just 10, 1080 H, HD and it was a terabyte of holy project. cow, man. Yeah. So like it took me all summer. I just edited it every day and worked on it. And it's, I mean, to me, if I could, you know, say this without sounding too egotistical, I think it's, I mean, it's one of the best, uh, map scouting videos out there series. It's, it's 35 to 45 minutes. We've got multiple uh, mobile devices showing exactly what we're looking at while we're talking. And then, you know, we do a lot of, uh, we, a lot of times at the end, or we do break down at the end uh, what we saw and then talk about like what we would think would be good in that area. And we're using two computers at the same time as well. Mm -hmm. So it just, it was a lot to like layer on top of each other and put together and figure out how to make it all work. And, and it did, we had to, we had to work at it at first, you know, we had to figure out exactly like, you know, you're kind of almost like doing these things while you're deciding like, okay, let's do this this way next time because yeah, this was sure. terrible, you know, whatever. So yeah. after about the fourth or fifth one, which we did 10 last year, um, you wow. know, we kind of caught our groove. That's or whatever. quite a few. So that's crazy. Yeah, man. It, was, it was intense for sure. Uh, this year we're going to do, uh, we're supposed to do four. We're probably going to do five or six, I imagine. So very cool, man. Cool. You know, it's one of the things. So Jared and I don't have any official partnership with Onyx, but frankly, it's all we use. Right. I mean, and, yeah. and the cool thing about it is that I think so many people and, and we get people commenting on it, but like they'll say, well, you know, Onyx is ruined hunting. Right. It's just and it's like, man, you realize how first of all, some of those tools existed in the public availability prior to Onyx. Right. You just had to do a little work. You had to know GIS. You had to do this. But that said, like the amount of studying I know that Jared and I do on Onyx and on maps, like if you think you're just going to go on there and it's gonna be like, Oh, this is the place that I need to be hunting. Like, dude, I've got points all over the place where it's like, I can't wait to get boots on the ground. And I get there and I'm like, well, this sucks. <laughs> you know, yeah. dude, I, dude, I met a guy yeah. at the gym the other day. I was telling Jeremy about this. He, uh, 
Oh, you go to the gym? I couldn't tell, man. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've I actually. Wish he, I wish he'd start working out more. I've been. <laughs> I've been rucking actually. So I'll put a Kuyu. I've got a Kuyu pack, and I. I buy. There's this company called like the Sandbag Company, and I buy bags of stainless steel shot. They're 25, mm-hmm. and so I can put a lot of weight in like a fairly condensed bags of sand. And I upgraded last year. I found like a big piece of concrete with rebar. He was carrying like it. a big ass <laughs> rock in his pack around yeah. with him. <laughs> so now I've got a pretty clean system, and I take it to the gym because I'm not trying to mess up my knee either yeah. like so i do it on a stepper i try to you know keep it anyways um i was talking to this guy there and he's like oh he's like you're a hunter and he starts you know, like figuring that out and stuff and he's like he's he told me that uh he's like you know onyx is selling those points like for like as data like that's how they they're making so much money i was like what do you mean he's like yeah you know like the hunting public and stuff he's like all these pins that all these hunters are dropping he's like how do you think the hunting public's killing so many big bucks <laughs> I was like, I was like, you think they're just looking at our points and killing big bucks? Like, dude, we we are marking these points that we can't even kill the big bucks. Yeah, that doesn't even yeah. make sense. Uh, He's like, well, I guess you're right. But yeah, I mean, it's an amazing easy. tool, right? I mean, don't get me wrong, but like the fact that what you still have to go through and still getting boots on the ground, which going back to like the videos and stuff that you guys were doing, like, I think that was really cool because they're you're describing features that you're looking at from a map standpoint. But then once you get there, you know, it could be completely different. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's kind of one of the things that we tried to build um, around was like the ability to uh, grow and learn how to do that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, because um, one of the things we've been able to do, and we're not experts at it, but we have a lot of experience at it, right, is to narrow that down just a little bit. So like instead of out of one, one out of every 15, one out of every five is mm-hmm. good, mm-hmm. you know, and that translates to, translates to three times as many good spots if you're still putting in the same amount of time. You right. get what I'm saying? Yep. So that, that's kind of the goal of the project is to help kind of cur- or take that learning curve away from people so that maybe they don't have to go through quite as many learning or, or growing pains, you know, but still get yep. out there and have to do the boots on the ground work at the same time. Yeah, I love so, that. And that's yeah. that's something that we look at. I mean, because Jared and I will get wrapped up in an area, let's say Southern Illinois, you know, and next thing you know, we've got a hundred points on there and it's like, well, shit, dude, we have two days to scout and then we won't be back until November. Yeah. We got to kind of pick and choose. Yeah. And that's the thing is you got to make it count when you actually take the time to hike in there. You know, the last thing you want to do is hike way back in there and then it'd be like, well, this is shitty. Like now, now what? There's a lot of things you can do to identify, not just what would make this area good for uh, deer travel, but what's going to make it um, maybe less likely, um, to be accessed by by people mm-hmm. you know it's like wow look here's this little waterway right here or like here you know here's a railroad system or something that um you know maybe we're, we're willing to do but that i think most mm-hmm. people won't um yeah. and if i pair that with a good enough looking spot i'm like dude that's that's one we probably should should check out mm-hmm. yeah. there's also like um there's this idea that like if you do have 100 points in an area and you know you you got two days to scout like we, we had a buddy that went scouted Illinois the other day, uh, hung some cameras and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. we talked to him quite a bit. I was telling Jared about this the other day. And, um, you know, it was one of those deals where like, he's got one day and, you know, I've got 40 dots on, you know, one little, you know, probably 10 square mile yep. area that he's going to, and he's probably got another 20 or 30 dots probably as well. And so he obviously can't hit all that. So you start to go, okay, well, if you're dropping cameras in June, um, let's just go, you know, take, uh, you know, take off 150 yards into the woods off the road and hang on a spot that, you know, you can 
get deer at some point. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you're learning something and making hypothesis as to where they are during yeah. the daylight or whatever, you know, or you might just come up with a spot that hunts really well from 150 yards from the road, you mm-hmm. know? So mm-hmm. but, that's a good you know, strategy. That's kind of just drop, drop a bunch of cameras, learn something, come back later in the year as you get closer to season. And well, well do one thing I will come in, you know, where I went in, at some point hit here is the, this specific video that I came across was the Shawnee national forest one. And that's because we're going to go hunt there, uh, this, this fall. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I came across the video and stuff. And, um, one thing I noticed was that you guys were hanging cameras primarily on like soybean fields, like, like the back corners of soybean fields and stuff. And, uh, I'm kind of, I'm curious, like what the, the reason for that strategy was and, and how long those cameras ran for. And if you felt like they were applicable for, um, when you went to actually, hunt the those places which i assume you, you did at some point yeah we, we've been back there some and i think the idea was that um you the deer are going to soybeans mm-hmm. right at that, that time, time of year, year. yeah yep. so if you, you find a deer that's worth hunting yep. at 2 a.m you know then you use your map scouting prowess or whatever you want to call it to be able to backtrack him and think about where to go in there and hunt him as opposed yeah. to trying to like get back there, you know, find his bed, mess it up, spend all day just trying to find this one spot where maybe one big buck is. Like you just hang the camera on sure. the deer concentration area and, and figure it out from there. And there's also like, um, you know, I mean, we're hanging those cameras in like June or July. I can't remember when it was. I, I should ask too, Tyler, did you guys have a preset plan for when you were going to go back to hunt? Or was it like, hey, if something shows up on this green field, we'll go hunt it? Yeah, it was more, um, we... We, we were trying to fill that October void that mm-hmm. we had that we were talking about earlier. Yep. So that was kind of the idea it was like a little bit earlier season. We hung some on scrapes and stuff too. Um, but like the main, the main idea uh, when we were hanging them is that, you know, June and July, they're going to be probably in the bean fields. Yep. And so we can figure something out. And the thing is like, you know, if you, if you have, uh, you know, velvet picks of these deer all the way up till, you know, when they shed or whatever, a lot of times when they shed that velvet, they, they change their, you know, into their fall range or whatever. But the thing is like, you may lose that deer from that field and that camera, but like, um, that's when you take other cameras in September Mm -hmm. or August, you move them into more fall type ranges and you try to pick that deer up. I mean, he's going to be a lot of times, at least the way I understand it from talking with buddies and stuff, he's going to be within one or two miles mm-hmm. of, you know, that camera. And when you're talking about a place like Shawnee, you've got one or two miles to stretch out there and find them, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's and a good that's point. Another thing too, it's like, yeah, there's some really great bucks in the area. Deer density, not so high. So um, you have a good chance if you're going to go rut hunt that, that that deer is going to run down that ridge one out every five days or whatever mm-hmm. too, you know, because yeah. I mean? they have to cover some ground in that country, you know, because mm-hmm. it's a big wood setting, you know, it's not like, you know, your standard Midwest stuff where you have, you know, fence rows and woodlots or sure. whatever with a bunch of ground. Well, man, around I, the deer I think it's so different. Like for, for Shawnee is that it's, it's primarily just big wood mm-hmm. ridges and stuff. We walked quite a bit mm-hmm. of it, but if you go just a little bit East and, and there is a massive chunk of Shawnee, uh, Far east, further, there. further yeah. east. I don't know I think what that. Going to rename Illinois to Shawnee. <laughs> Maybe it's yeah. big it's enough, like man. The whole state, Maybe, man. yeah. But there are some chunks in there that's like not that at all. It's like brush, brushy. What I the joke I made the other day is like I think that's where the term swamp donkey originated. It was. You get into those cypress <laughs> trees and it's Cypress uh, Creek Forest. Is it a is that a federal? It's a national wildlife national refuge. national wildlife refuge. But mm-hmm. that's that is not like Shawnee at all. No. 
No, and I mean, hop, skip, and a jump from Shawnee. I think the uh, so I, I like what you guys are saying. I mean, Jared and I really are on the fact, and it sounds stupid, but it literally is the common basis for how we hunt is can't kill a big buck if he's not there, right? Mm-hmm. So if you if you think about that June and July time frame, like you can go and put it on like a hardwood ridge or something, and maybe come October you end up getting a buck cruising through there eating acorns or something. But at the same time, like acorns, acorns. Uh, if you you. You've got to know exactly what you're looking for. And and if you're going to put your time into that area, there must be a deer that you want to kill in that area. You know, so I think that because that's what we're looking at. We're going to go out there at the end of July. We just want to know that there is one out there. That's all I care about. Just is there a buck that I want to hunt? Yeah, he's going to change his core area. He's going to shift his home range. But ultimately, like, at least if he's somewhere there, I'm in the game. Well, Tyler, Tyler's, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this or not, but Tyler's, one of his buddies found, like, an 83-inch shed this year in Shawnee. Mm-hmm. He's going to share a point with us here in a little, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. I'm, wait, I'm yeah. still waiting for that text message to come through. I haven't <laughs> well, seen it. Wasn't it wasn't on a bean field, I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there are definitely some big, I mean, look how much space those deer have. I mean, there are definitely some big bucks. I mean, Jared and I, right on the, the back corner of our lease, uh, that bumps up on Shawnee found probably the biggest rub I've ever seen. I Huge. mean, it was enormous. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and we found a good well, set and of sheds truthfully there. though. So we, the lease is like kind of the closest to the road. So like we, we drove in and we walked the lease. It's only 80, 80 acres, 80 acres. And we found some really good sign on it. Found a nice old, like some old sheds mm-hmm. and then, um, pushed back into Shawnee after, and it just died right off. Like there was no sign there was like not much of anything. Like it was all real tight on, on the lease, which I thought was pretty interesting. I think it's that pressure thing that we were talking about is like, as the further we got into Shawnee, the more there was starting to be a little bit of public road network and parking areas and stuff like that. And so I think mm-hmm. that the people are probably coming in from that side and they're pushing those deer up towards the front, which just so happens is where the lease is. Yeah. And so the further, and that doesn't mean that, I mean, I found one real big rub up on that top. And the landowner showed us pictures of like some nice bucks. So, yeah. I mean, they're, they're in there. Yeah. I think that that pressure just, I mean, deer, that's all they're responding to, right? If a big group of guys park up there and they spread out through those, those ridges and hollers down through there, they're going to push those deer out. They're yeah. going to push them straight up through there. Well, and that, that rifle season in uh, Illinois is is the third week of November. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is and it sounds pretty serious in that area. I'm sure some deer get killed. Yeah. Yep. At least there's, I mean, there's a that's a historically one of the most popular big yep. buck states out there. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, they've been talking about it for out on outdoor TV for 30 years. You exactly. Know, yeah. long, so. Well, and I know that the couple of the guys that we talked to that are in that, that Southern Illinois area, not too far from where we're at, you know, they're like, Hey, listen, when rifle season comes literally like every corner of every field has an orange suit in it. Like it's just, that's just how it is here. And so, yeah, I'm sure a ton of those deer are getting killed, you know, especially, especially in Shawnee too. I think that, um, some of these other parts of public that aren't aren't quite that big timber stuff are, are going to be mm-hmm. more resistant to that type of pressure. Like, yeah, it's fine. You can go hunt every corner, but like this is, you know, a 150 acre block of like Yukon wilderness. Like, sure. it ain't coming out. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're so I'm I'm hopeful that yeah, we'll, we'll some will make it through and we'll find one. Yeah, they're in there. They're so, there, man. So did go you guys go back after you did those hanging hunts and, and hunt this this fall? Yeah, we did. We hunted this fall and I had, um, I ended up shooting a really nice deer in Illinois this year. 
Awesome, it was the, the smaller of the two, right? Was that was watching the right video? <laughs> well, <that's wild>. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just it in was. case uh, Jared didn't dig that in earlier, let him get that yeah. that yep. kick in. Yeah, I think uh, you know I set up I set up on a scrape and I was setting up. It was still pretty thick because it was late October, and uh, lots of leaves in there on the trees and on the bushes and stuff. And so like I set up so I could shoot the scrape because that was my that mm-hmm. was a little hole in the brush that I could see you know and get shots to knowing that the deer were going to come kind of from my my west kind of and so at least according to the trail camera you know videos that we had of the deer moving in so i thought well they're probably going to come from the west but i can't you know the west is going to be if i'm a right-handed shooter the west is going to be behind me yep and so i told my cameraman to keep an eye on my six you know Mm-hmm. And, and this is not kc when you say your no, cameraman no, no this is okay. uh this is a young fella that was uh he had hunted some you know but he was still learning a lot and um i guess when you're 20 you you like your phone a lot too and so maybe he <laughs> wasn't takes so, it's his, so it's his fault is what you're saying <laughs> uh i'm trying not to say that i guess i'm trying not to but uh he he basically i think the deer were pretty much on top of us before he they saw were him. you could see it yeah you could see it they were like right behind you yeah so, uh, I actually, the buck that I shot, I heard him snort wheeze at a smaller buck that was at the scrape, uh, when he was coming in. And that's what kind of tipped me off that something was going to happen. And the buck <laughs> that's that a I good shot. Sign. Yeah. <laughs> if they snort wheeze 20, 20 yards behind you, usually you're yeah. in the game. <laughs> yeah. I know. He's, you know, he's probably, he's probably 30 or 40 yards. <laughs> like, should I grab my bow? <laughs> Yeah. But the thing is, it was like, is it was a real, you know, he's far enough away that like, I'm almost like my mind's playing tricks on me. Like, did I actually hear a snort wheeze? You know, oh, yeah. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know. I, I was alert it was windy, dude. and it was windy. Yeah. It was real windy. So right, right, um, right, anyway, right. I'm keeping my, I'm keeping my eyes like in, in this direction. Cause it came kind of from the North of me a little bit, but Northwest yep. in this section. And so like, I, I'm looking in that direction. And then a couple minutes later, that's when my cameraman says, Hey, there's two bucks coming off the hill. And from there, like, I don't know how his story exactly works. He's like, Hey, these bucks have been here for like two, three. Did you want me to say (laughs) something or. Okay. It's like, I mean, I don't know. It's uh, it. it, I I mean, obviously like I'm responsible for everything happening as a hunter there. Like if I'd have known or if I thought about it, maybe a little better, I I, would have uh, probably just, set up to where I could, I probably wouldn't have taken a cameraman so that I could just swing around the tree freely and see wow. what I needed to see. Were you, That's probably were you, the big takeaway, honestly. Yeah. It's like, don't film your hunts unless you absolutely <laughs> really are dedicated yeah. to it. Yeah. yeah. It's, you tend to miss a lot of opportunities when you're fil- trying to catch it on film. That's yeah. that's the end goal. Were you guys saddle hunting? Yeah, we were. You were. Yep, so yeah. What kind of saddles uh, are you guys rocking? We're running cruisers this year. Uh, is that what your hat is? Cruiser? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Cool. So we ran, we ran tethered last year. Um, Greg sent us a couple saddle setups last year and we're super thankful for that. Um, but we have, uh, we really like Chad who owns cruiser, um, super good dude and, uh, trying to build up his community around his business kind of, um, through his business, I guess. And, um, also we, we tried them on and I mean, no doubt more comfortable, you know, just awesome. It's a, big, a little bit bigger piece of cloth, you know, so mm-hmm. uh, definitely a comfortable setup. So, yeah, we're excited to use them, man. And that's what we're going to be in this year. And uh, they're uh, the saddles, period, have uh, definitely helped us a lot, you know. It's funny how that works, too, because I remember having interest in it at one point in time, like when we first started hunting together and saddle, because 
back then it was just like I don't know Arrow Hunter, and I think that was about it. Yeah, they were the kind of the blazer on it, and and trophy line at some point. Yeah, and uh, but it was like, man, I don't know if it's gonna be comfortable or whatever. And then you know, they're expensive uh, too. Yeah, they're expensive, and we just hunted, you know, out of for no reason either. (laughs) (laughs) Other than they know you're only gonna buy one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we hunted at a lock-ons for a long time, and and Tyler was really more than me probably against like the idea of the set because Tyler doesn't like to all day hunt too much you know Tyler you and I are like a lot then yeah I'm not uh Jared's like uh I'll go in and I'll see it dark I'm like yeah dude I might go eat breakfast at like 10 and then I'll like I I stick it out man I'm dedicated Oh, I bring I snacks like, though. Oh, I, yeah, my PB and J's like down down the hatch at eight thirty. Like, dude, I get if if my pop tarts make it to eight thirty, they're lucky. Yeah, I'm usually if if I'm not in the deer by nine thirty ten o'clock, I'm twitching to be like, yeah, maybe just go for a little walk. That's why you like well, deer, That's why you like cell deer hunting so much. the game for me on that. Before there were cell phones, I had a tough time, but now it's like, yeah, it really hard attention for the really good hours. But some of the stuff you're going in so far, like it's worth to just you know have your phone and. You know, mm-hmm. kind of be hunting as opposed to getting down and just messing oh, up. Oh, yeah, no doubt. But uh, biggest buck I saw this year was at high noon on Texas. Well, biggest buck in Texas that I saw on public high land noon. was at high noon. Jared missed the, the giant sandwich. at 1 p.m.? Yep. 1 p.m.? 1 p.m. Talking to your wife, though, not Central eating a PB&J. Time. Nope. Yeah, I was on the phone with her just telling her, basically, hey, it was midday, I was checking in. So, hey, it's slow. Mm-hmm. Here he came. There you go. That's, why you gotta, that's why you got to be in there, man. Can't kill yeah. him if you're not in the stand. Yeah, you can't get out. That's right. You got to talk to your wife the whole time too, because that's you can't you send know. emails from the stand very easy. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it's yeah, it's, yeah. Service is a killer. Uh, not to dig it in, but how big was the other buck? <clears throat> um, I truly think that he he had a weird side. Like KC actually pointed this out the other day that he kind of had a hole in his horn. Huh. It looked like, and maybe some kind of insect yeah, like a... in there or whatever, you know, but like it, he had a weak side, his strong side, if it had matched, I mean, he's, he's in the one seven, like probably like low one seventies. I would think, I mean, he was, yeah, that's he's a big in toad. Well, the crazy to me think about is like, because I, I, I can like the buck that I shot is actually in the video for a short period of time. Yeah. And so when I look at that deer and think like what he looks like kind of on the hoof, and then I compare that with like, what does this other deer look like on the hoof? I'm like, man. Mm. And, and, but when you get up to my buck, like, I mean, he's, he's 150 at chain point. You yeah. Know? It's like a stud. Yeah. And so, it's still a real nice deer. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, if he kind of looks like that and he <laughs> ends up being this big, that deer, you know, to mm-hmm. me is dude. Some, some of those Midwestern deer are deceiving. Like I, I know I'll look at him and I'll be like, Hey, he's, yeah, probably mid one forties, and it's like mid one fifties. Yeah, yeah, they're usually bigger than you think. Yeah, deer I killed last year was one. Fi- I thought it was one fifty. Yeah, he'll be one fifty. He was one fifty seven. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. that deer was just weird, dude. His head was huge. Like, I and mean, he didn't just like look at the, even like to look at it. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, like he's nice, but then just like the more you look at him, it's like, oh, his head's yeah, pretty yeah, big, t- and, almost twenty five inch beams, and he taped out real good. So yeah, it's just weird. once you get that skull cap off, then it's like oh, some of them wow. are kind of deceiving yeah. sometimes. Oh hey, one of Tyler. the things that'll really tell the tale too is when Rope. you start doing euro mounts of deer. Yeah, and of course you're not doing that on like the you know the 
the mm-hmm. 70s type bucks but like yeah still like we compare our east texas euro mouse yeah. to like something from the midwest and it's like dude the the skull on the thing is 30 percent bigger well that's you a know, like, this is a pa like that's a texas huge deer, the distance between those pedicles will be like four inches on a midwestern deer, be like six inches you know so it's just a bigger scale yeah, yeah. this is a pa buck i killed in 2018 and oh, that's deer was, every day dude he was like six six or seven years old probably yeah and like awesome like i knew I, I knew the deer really well, and I think you had killed what a three year old that year, maybe four Spaniard, four year old. Yep. And like we put the we both got Europeans, we set them next to him, and it was like, whoa, dude! Like Barf this them. deer's head, like is just it's enormous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just crazy to think that because that's the stuff that like you know while it's on a body that's two hundred and forty pounds, you're like, yeah, it's a good buck, and then like all of a sudden you're like, no, that's that's a big deer. This mm-hmm. this was that other shed too that I was telling you guys about the other day. We found makes me disgusted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, what's more disgusting is we're just gonna watch him with trail cameras this year, and we can't go hunt him. Yeah. Because uh, we didn't draw no drawbies. Yeah. Look at that deer. Yeah, that uh, deer is gonna be a monster. We had a yeah. lot of pictures of him. He should be six by the time I, like I get back down there. Mm. Let him grow, man. Let's go with it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. He'll, just, mm. he'll probably be one eighty something this year, though. Yeah. It's what crazy. Was that for? Huh? What is that score? 82. Mm. 81? No. 82? 81 broke. But yeah, he broke off a three or four inch tine. Mm. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. that was quite a day. We walked like 10 miles, and we didn't find very much, and I found both of them within mm-hmm. 100 yards of each other. I thought Colton was going to die from dehydration. I thought I was going to die of dehydration <laughs> from, from, from carrying Colton. <laughs> I We found one out in a... Uh, in a well, it was like a flooded a yeah. floodplain or something. It was a decent buck enough that I dropped down to my skid, skivvies and waited out in to get it. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. well. It's because we thought it was that other deer. And then place. I ended up like, yeah, just leaving it there because he needed a salvage. Tank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it was worth the effort. Yeah. No, so I mean, podcast, you know, yeah, right. Colton was impressed at how quick I got my pants off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, "Wow, that was impressive. amazing." I'm going for it. <laughs> I'm not even mad. <laughs> I think it is uh, that uh that Illinois ground is is something else though because if you do look at that ridge kind of how it runs north to south you know along the Mississippi like that's some serious ground I mean there's a lot of terrain there that could hide some giant bucks um, oh yeah what time know, of year y'all gonna hunt out there this year first week in November yeah second Second. All the chips in the Illinois, huh? Second week November. Yeah, second week. Oh yeah, because we got third week. Yeah, so second week in November. First week in November. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there before the guns. Second yes. week in November. Sorry. Right before. So we'll we'll end up hunting hard around here, PA, Ohio, Kentucky, probably that. If that we first if we part. happen to have like a pattern, because uh, we're gonna go back out in July yep. and, and try to deploy a bunch of cameras and stuff, and um, if we happen to get something on a pattern, like maybe one of us will boogie out there in October sometime, but. Mm-hmm. The, the the planned trip for the four of us will be that second week in November. That's really what we look forward to is that's our deer camp week. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, we want to go out and kill big bucks. Just we, got like, a, we booked an Airbnb with a hot tub, so we're super spoiled this year. Uh-huh. <laughs> we'll, we'll just be like four or five Miller Lights deep and or uh, Miller High Lights probably. I, we may need to choose a different beer for a different state. But. My consideration <laughs> right now, and I didn't even know it when I booked it, I was just like, oh, this is the one, is it's on 30-plus acres. I might kill my buck right there. Yeah. Like right off the back porch. Uh-huh. I don't know. Dude, call him up. Ask him if you can plant a food pot right now. I know. I got <laughs> I got a pond right there. There is a pond. We could do some fishing. We could be fishing and rattling right off the back porch from you'll, the hot tub. You'll be fishing and reeling in crappies, and I'll be like 
two thirty in the afternoon, still hanging in my. That's saddle. very possible, man. Yeah, that's very yeah. possible. But hey, I'm gonna go back, catch some fish, eat some lunch. I'll be back out here in a little bit. That's Y'all. like it's South Dakota. I told KC, I'm like, dude, I'm shooting the first antlered buck I see, <laughs> and I'm gonna be camp chef, and I'm gonna hang out, and hunt sharp tails, hunt sharp tails, yeah. and do stuff like that. Yeah, dude, I like being camp chef. I, I always make Jared cook the vegetables, and I cook the meat. Yeah, I'm the female of the cooking relationship. <laughs> I, co- I cook the green beans and the vegetables inside, and he's outside grilling the meat. <laughs> Go back in; it's not ready. At the, at the end, it all comes together pretty nice. Yeah, and you do yeah. cook me oatmeal every morning, which I appreciate. I did cook. Yeah. Oatmeal. Nice. Man, yeah. we, we cooked you, a lot of oatmeal yeah. for other people. I know exactly. What do you do for me? <laughs> <laughs> they always end up, uh, taking care of others. Well, and it was pretty sweet too, for because it didn't last very long. You killed yours the second day, mm-hmm. first or second day. I killed mine the f- the next day. Yep. And then we had all this food and stuff left. So the next morning, we just like drank the rest of our beer, cooked the rest of our eggs, and like hit the road. It packed up and pa- packed out. It was kind of weird, like, um, and I don't know if it was necessarily misconception, but like it, we had the perception that it was going to be several years to draw for those tags. And then even when we got there, you know, there were really one group of people that were residents hunting mule deer. There were a ton that were hunting uh, pronghorn that had come in, mm-hmm. um, but it was like there was no other non-residents there. Like, yeah. You didn't see anybody. Not, not really. One, one yeah. or two. Saw some trucks, I guess, but you know, yeah, there was there was plenty of space. And the local guy had been there what fifteen years in a row or something. Yeah, you know, but yeah, it really seemed like there was a lot of pronghorn people coming into there. And I think, um, like some other places across the, across the country, most of the for sure residents and I, probably the non residents too, most of them are rifle hunters. So like, there mm-hmm. just isn't wasn't a whole lot of interest in that first week of September sure. hunt. Are you guys hunting Oklahoma this year? maybe yeah um, it's kind of the last like our last uh, option or whatever yeah last option like just a, because of past success and interest or because it's close to uh, home it's close to home uh it's another you know a couple hundred bucks for tags yeah and you got a, quite a few tags as is so um i don't know oklahoma got a pretty big spotlight about three years ago it seemed yes and, it like, did there's a lot of pressure up there we yes. we scouted it some and, and whatnot hmm. so uh, what was, can I ask what the spotlight was? They they started killing. They killed like what two or three like giant typicals uh, like right yes. in a row, mm. and it yeah. and the fact that you just go buy it over the counter. Yep. Yeah, that's been happening for like three or four years too. Like every year, there's mm-hmm. there's some bucks that it's like man. Yeah. Well, last uh, was it last year that kid killed that like eight by eight, like yeah. typical eight by eight. I mean, freaking yeah. giant. Wow. Awesome bug. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a toad. But I mean, yeah. that's the kind of deer that, again, much like some of these other states, just spots spotlights it. Like we were looking at draw stats uh, at the last park. It's nuts compared to what it was just last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Oklahoma's to me. I don't know. I was talking with a buddy today about this. Like, I don't know. Um, you can shoot six deer there if you buy the tags, and you can shoot two bucks. And so I don't know. And it's, there's a rifle season, and of course, it's a it's like two week rifle season. But mm-hmm. I just think. I don't know if that sustains for a long time if people continue pouring in and shooting mm-hmm. shooting bucks, you know. We, I don't know. We were looking at uh, Kansas on the last podcast here, uh, draw odds, and just because we, cause we didn't draw, and we know lots of people that didn't draw. We were just curious. I think it was about 20,000 people drew in the state. 22. 22,000 people drew. And 30 put in. And 30 put in. It's and rough, that's man. substantially it's, more. It's dropping more and more. Like Jeremy was saying, whatever it was, 2013 eight was, years ago yeah it was like 100 percent draws now it's like 75 yeah 
Yeah. And I mean, that's not a bad, uh, it sucks, right? For, for us, at least this year, especially because we have some leases we'll keep, but it's not a bad thing. I mean, I look at some of these States and as much as I'd love to hunt there every year, like if you increase the number of non-resident tags or something, the resource will not be as desirable as it is right now. Right. I I don't go and hunt there because I want to kill 125 inch deer. It's because I could see giants out there and a lot of big mature deer. Um, now this is this is kind of the public land anomaly though because Texas right. cheap over the counter licenses but you have to pay to get on a lease because it's just hardly any public land and the land that there is has a crap ton of pressure right. so it's like the states that have uh, liberal uh, OTC or mm-hmm. tag allotments or whatever that have quite a bit of public land what you're talking about happens but like you look at our state I mean if you want to kill a Boone and Crockett deer in Texas you can yeah you just gotta pay you know? yeah you gotta pay for it. Yeah, whether that you know your opinions on the morality of that is kind of separate from that but the mm-hmm. concept is it's there to be had so how, how so like, do you just mean because they're high fence lease well not, not even that it's just properties Leases. tons of money and like the, with that money comes huge pieces of property that have very little hunters on them yep. vast expanses of brush country and yeah. deer get to be nine ten years old and it, yeah. it's not like super large amounts of money like uh, it's out of my range, but well, like, well, you were saying mor- morality is what made me question that. I didn't know if it was like, yeah, some of it would be high fans. Uh, that, that, that's the, um, I guess what I'm trying to say, the, the extreme would be, you can go shoot a 290 inch SCI deer on a 50 sure. acre pin if you wanted to, yep. in Texas, sure. right? Which that's not something I'm okay with, but someone else can make that their own determination on that. Sure. But like halfway in the middle on that, um, if you feel like spending eight or 10 grand yep. per gun, uh, you can go get a heck of a place to hunt and, and really have a good shot at killing a deer of that class. That's yeah. free range. You well, know? and that's the tough part, I think, man, because like, I know I, I've got a couple guys in Texas that do real estate stuff and every year they'll send me, they'll be like, Hey, I've got this 8,000 acres near Lubbock, right? It's, it's awesome. And it's like, yeah, it's 40 grand. Like if I had 20 guys or something, like maybe, you know, but then you're also like, it just, it's not feasible for most people, you know, it's not like you can go pick up 80 acres and be like, cool, I've got the 80 acres, which is, I I do feel that way in Illinois and some of these other places. Can be done. Yeah. Yeah. That you pick up the the right 80 acres. Yeah. The thing with Texas is, is large chunks of land. That's it. You know, we don't, we don't, there's, there are 80 acre places, but getting your hands on it is going to be pretty tough because yeah. people don't let those go. No. Know? Yeah. But um, yeah. most of the stuff in Texas, like Ty was saying, it's just because it's monotonous, large tracts of land that deer can get big and old on. hundred percent. Yeah. They're doing helicopter flyovers on the, to survey. Yeah. So yeah, the, the actually uh, the podcast we're releasing this week is with, with a guy who was the manager of the King ranch for oh yeah, 15 years. I don't know. And just talking a little bit about like what it looks like to manage you know, 800,000 acres of low fence property, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of wild, just kind of, it's just a whole nother world. Whole nother yeah. world. I mean, I was talking with a, a guy today who, uh, one of our mutual friends is, he works for the state as a biologist and, you know, Jeff Bezos has several ranches out in West Texas, giant ranches, you know, I mean, 50,000 plus acres. And 
like they, they won't even, he won't even really let, like it's hard for the state to even get let onto those places to work with the wildlife. There's big horns all yeah. over the place and stuff. Cause he knows like he's one of the richest people in the world. And if someone wants to sue him, they could probably get a couple hundred thousand from him pretty quick. You know, just That's settlement. Crazy, yeah, he just man. doesn't want to let the state go manage wildlife on his property because of that, which is frustrating because we actually, our state has a, you know, we we're talking about this as well this week is like our state has got a, as far as private land conservation goes, I mean, we're yeah, top notch in, in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. So. Yeah. I mean, well, you guys, you know, you've got a, a really intense deer management program for for those private landowners and and there's a lot of things that those guys have to go through from survey basis whether it's you know helicopter surveys or trail camera surveys or whatever it might be you know but just looking at it overall i mean texas parks and wildlife is very active um in that management and they have to be especially on a private land ownership because was it 90 plus percent of texas is privately owned yeah i think yeah, it's 97 point 97 <laughs> yeah 99.9 like so, I mean, that's the thing. And it, it, and it is funny because you, you know, I don't, I won't say it took a back seat, but you know, I remember growing up and watching whatever buck masters or real tree monster bucks, like South Texas was like the Mecca, right? Oh, not, yeah. You know, not necessarily more so than Iowa and Illinois, but it had its own flair as being the Mecca for big bucks. Was, is mm -hmm. Tecumani? Is that? Yeah. Bucks of Tecumani. Is that Tecumani Texas? Ranch? Yeah. That's the one I remember. Mm -hmm. Bucks of Tecumani. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah i mean all of those they places had a heart attack buck it was like yeah you know 30 inches wide or whatever he was yep. it was like their poster child and all their for a long seat. time yeah and i mean those yeah. were the things that you grew up watching you know giant you know 24 inch wide bucks walk out onto a sendero and it was like damn but like yeah. you know a lot of people just like like us i'll never relate to that right versus the guy you know bill jordan sitting in the hardwoods or something yeah. rattling a buck off of a you know Texas a ridge definitely seems the most uh, abstract to me. Like I have the hardest time picturing that of, of all the states, even the ones I haven't been to, like I've never been to Oklahoma and I, I think I can kind of envision, I've been to Kansas. I can mm -hmm. kind of, but Texas, yeah. I just don't feel like I have a grasp on at all. Well, it's because I've been, I went seven, to Cancun once on vacation. <laughs> yeah, more like that. We have seven <laughs> biomes within the state, you know, yeah. like it's, it's a microcosm of what the whole United States is. You know, we got sure. mountains, we got desert, we got Gulf coastal plain, we got, you know, uh, high plains. High plains. We got brush country. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, hardwoods. It's like limestone hill country. And I mean, each of those, it's it's a, it's kind of a management playground, but also like a management, just you know, complete. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know, just impossibility, right? Because yep. you have to actually divide the state up. You got to imagine how big the state is, right? Oh, it's, well, giant. it's like the ninth biggest economy in the world, just as a state, mm -hmm. and which also helps with wildlife management because you know, of course, with that comes funding. Yeah. But like, um, we can drive to go uh, fish in Corpus Christi, or we can drive to go hunt in Illinois. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's like, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> it's man. just wild. So yeah, same yeah. distance, same amount of time yeah. travel. Yeah, that's nuts. But, uh, well, yeah, that, that so when you say you imagine Texas, it's hard to even do such a thing because it's so like for us, you know, being like Texas hunters. And the fact that we don't wear brush country camo and hunt at a, you know, power blinds over Sendero's, that's like a anomaly, you know, yeah, what right. I mean? just because we live in a different part of the state and that's not, you know, uh, readily available. What is a Sendero? You guys both said it and I don't know. That. It's like just a cut through that brush country. looks like an yeah, old pretty much road. road. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I'm you with know, you. You know what I'm talking about. Though. I think so. Like, just brush on both sides, and then deer pops out because he's eating corn. Yeah, exactly. Actually, Brian went on a hunt in Texas years and years ago. He said that they got in a pickup truck with a couch in the back of it and drove down the road, which I assume was a Sendero spreading mm-hmm. corn, and yep. then they just parked at the end of the road and shot the deer that, that came out. That sounds exactly right. Oh, yeah. It'd, it'd be like... <laughs> Deer, javelina, hog, deer, yeah, turkey. You know, exactly. All just pop out in the yeah, road. that sounds exactly right. Wow. But it is yeah. different because, like, the eastern part of Texas is very, like, pine woods, looks more like Louisiana, Mississippi type area. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's and, the south, pretty much. Yeah, it's the south. Yeah, the south you know, so you've got such, and then you start to talk about, like, whitetail and, like, the rut. I mean, south Texas, you're thinking December, January, whereas, like, east Texas, you're thinking, what, more November? Well, yeah. it depends on where you're at. We're probably two weeks. Where we live would remind you more of Illinois than anything. Really? A little bit with smaller ridges. Yeah. Um, and crappier ag fields because we have <laughs> uh, coastal Bermuda hay, and that's yeah. it. Yeah, that's uh, it. So the deer don't eat that. But, like, I would say our peak uh, peak deer activity is probably the week before Thanksgiving. Now, peak breeding is probably, you know, around Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving. whatever. But, like, I used, I used to work for uh, the state – as a wildlife damage control specialist and so i had a whole county that i um worked over so i got to really pretty much be in the field every day observing wildlife and uh the so this is on the texas coastal plain near galveston if you kind of know where that is down there um the peak rut is in september for whitetail down there Mm. so we have a little bit of that like mississippi type thing going on people don't talk about it too much but I was just, I, I'm a youth minister, so I took my kids down there to the beach for a little while, and there are fawns that are almost losing their spots down there right now. That's I, so wild, it. man. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. So you talk about not only are there different biomes, but there's just completely different rut cycles and all kinds of stuff, you wow. know? So, and do weird. each of those, do you guys buy like a statewide tag, or how does that work for, for yeah. your tag? Yeah, so of course, since it's so big, there's a lot of weird stuff. We have different count which a lot of people can identify with this but we have different counties that have different uh buck regulations whether that's like an antler width we do width which i think mm-hmm. is real goofy um stuff uh the, there's also a number of bucks and number of does and when you can and can't shoot does and that depends on the state uh when you get a texas license you get mule deer tags you get whitetail tags you get your turkey tags you get it all wow redfish tags. yeah redfish tag tarpon tag what kind of mule deer hunting is there down in texas western right yeah we got there's a ton of mule deer in texas like the trans pecos area i mean that's what people hunt out there yeah mm-hmm. um that's like um el paso in east to about that sounds fun oh i don't know sweetwater or something like yeah. that. yeah it's a yeah. different area out there that sounds real fun. i applied for a job out in the trans pecos as yeah. a biologist when i came out of school mm. yeah that's cool I didn't yep. know if I really wanted it though. <laughs> yeah. Dude, there are guys that work so um was it's black something. What is it? Like uh I don't know. Black Mountain. Right? Uh, anyways, black yeah, Thunder. it's something like that. Elephant Mountain. Ele- Mountain. Elephant Mountain and south of there, there's a huge WMA out there. And there's a, there's two biologists that work out there. And outside of their like family, they don't even see people. Most I was gonna now. say that's kind of what it was. Is like you're in the middle of nowhere out there, but oh, you yeah. get to see mule deer. Like, yeah. That's yeah. where the the bighorns are and stuff. Yeah, um, it's a cool area. I mean, that, you're touching what, up against what would that look like, New for, Mexico, for a non-resident to go hunt mule deer in Texas? I don't know. Uh, well, the problem is, is you can't. Yeah, it's draw only. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, outside of like, well, unless you have private access. Yeah, unless you have private. I access. mean, if you if you want to spend money to, I mean, you're gonna spend more money on a lease in Texas than you would probably anywhere else. So is, there, is there not much public out there? No. Where the mule there's deer a, are I mean, a bunch, but you just can't access it to hunt. 
Why not? It's all it's all draw. They give like a couple of deer tags away every year. Oh, like it's extremely limited. So if we call yeah. our buddy Jeff Bezos up and he lets us right. come hunt on his ranches yeah. in West Texas, we're probably okay. I'll text Jeffrey. him. I'll text him. Uh, yeah. yeah. Hey, yeah, good. Hey, I, just, I just That's made a, a nine ninety nine purchase. I'm actually a prime. Actually, I just member. got a text from Amazon right now. It says my Bro, package I, was delivered. I'll just respond to this and we'll see what he says. <laughs> yeah, he'll get back with you. Yeah. Yeah, he'll be back That's with you. Frustrating, yeah. frustrating thing, you know, like those. Because um, I mean, there's, there's, KC said there's a lot of land out there. It's public. I mean, it is a good chunk, but for the state of Texas, like relative to its size, you know, there's yeah. a lot more private, and so there's, yeah. there's huge ranches out there. And these ranches are selling those bighorn tags for like fifty to sixty thousand know? so dollars. That's like wow. They and they're they're allocated by the state, given to them as a certain number of tags that they can have. And then like the the public in Texas, I believe we have like most years we have less than four tags allocated to the to the general public. Wow. So for draw. Yeah. So like, you know, you're looking at one or two bighorns usually killed by a Texan out of the draw system every year yet there's like four thousand bighorns in texas you know so money talks yeah well ago i don't know if you can tell i was a little distracted my wife was calling and texting me a ton because there's somebody on a golf cart on our property at home but Uh uh, i need to go check that out in a little while but we're okay for a bit but um i think it's somebody spraying the power company right away Mm, Uh, mm -hmm. but um her being a lady is just concerned yeah you know about stuff but i think it's all because i'd seen him earlier but it's all good maybe so, he just lost his ball ready. somewhere huh yeah he just lost his ball shank that maybe one so. yeah shank that one a little hard <laughs> they have to shank it pretty far pretty far from the course that i reflects <laughs> i've used that trick before yeah i'm just looking for my dog you know and they're like oh well you're trespassing i'm like oh, oh this isn't um oh. this isn't mike hobart's property <laughs> that's weird <laughs> So says you're on Onyx. Uh, that's weird. Oh, sorry. Ah, uh, he'll come home. He knows where home's at. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and get out of your hair. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't call the cops. He'll find his way. He'll find his. Way I already back. called him. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, cool. No, I I think one of the things that I guess I'd like to get in with you guys is like so. Maybe from a thought process standpoint, because I'd like to see kind of how you guys think versus how Jared and I, and, and I assume a lot of it aligns, but you know, it doesn't matter where in the country we're looking at. Like, if you guys are like, hey, we're going to set out and hunt X state, whether it's Oklahoma, Illinois, South Dakota, what's the first thing you guys do? Like, when you, you say, hey, let's go hunt South Dakota. Um, hmm. You want to answer it? Go ahead. Go ahead if you got something. Uh, so, <clears throat> outside of like the I don't, maybe this isn't obvious. Maybe we talk about it. Uh, get on the DNR website and figure out whatever you can about actually hunting the state, you mm-hmm. know, because I think that's probably the deal. And and uh, that's what it takes to figure out, you know, is it draws at OTC? You know, what's it look like in the area as far as public opportunity? You know, what's private opportunity look like? How easy are people to, you know, coerce into hunting your land? Mm-hmm. I'll add a, an amendment maybe to, to your first step per what I found is maybe don't start with the website. Maybe call them because the websites are typically they suck. Not they're pretty terrible. Yeah, you're right. They're you're awful. Right, that's where you have to uh, at least find a number. The one of the problems I have is like with some of these places is uh, um, sometimes you call and either you get uh, you know what a yes man is. Yep. It's like somebody who's just like they can't they can't say no right. Oh yeah. Like, yeah man, let's do it. Oh yeah yeah let's hang out. Like, yeah yeah you should definitely you know take that endeavor on. Uh, 
people who work for the DNRs are the opposite of that most often. They're no men. They're no men. They're <laughs> no people. They, they like to say Agreed. no as opposed to tell you, uh, well, let me check on that and let you know, you know? Yeah. So, um, yes. but I'm with you that there is a combination of that. You have to figure out how to hunt the place legally and then you figure out how to hunt the deer there. You know what I'm saying? Have you guys called the South Dakota State Department by chance? Uh, yeah, I've talked to them before. Yeah. There's a lady that works down there. I'm not sure what her name is. And I don't mean to throw her under the bus, but like she acted like she's never gotten a call before. She's <laughs> yeah. like, oh, you want to, she's like, yo, you want to come and hunt here? <laughs> like, like, uh, oh, um, sure. Okay. So before the internet. And then I hear pages uh, like ruffling, like. I got a little story for y'all. Before the internet, uh, I grew up farming watermelons. I was still farming watermelons a little bit. It's a lot of fun for me. Uh, my family and I would pay for our summer vacation partially out of our watermelon fund. And I was like eight. And we've been watching outdoor TV and they were catching tarpon out of Venice. Mm-hmm. So before the internet, you just called Chambers of Commerce. Y'all yeah. remember doing that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's how you figure stuff out. Well, there's not a language barrier, but there's an accent barrier between here and South Louisiana. <laughs> people could not figure out when I said tarpon, they could not understand. It wasn't me, it was my dad. When my dad said tarpon, they couldn't understand the word that he was saying. And they were trying to find us a carp guide. They were trying to find a guide to go carp fishing in South Louisiana. So Tyler's like, I think I can help with this whole Pam Pan situation. <laughs> you that you have sometimes seeing the email works for this because you all spell the same if you oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, oh that was like when we were in South Dakota last year. I don't know what language that person was speaking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was mixed of German and English. Yeah. But uh actually a lot of times uh for better or for worse, calling the game board in the southern area is what works best for me. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. those guys appreciate uh that you're trying to do stuff right. Sure. You know, uh, a lot of times, especially like um, you start calling like South Dakota or wherever, and it's June. They're like, I would love to talk to someone about. Yeah, yeah, for you know? sure. <laughs> they, do you know what? Right We've had some good luck with some of the foundations too, specifically the Mule Deer Foundation. Yeah, really. Yeah, those guys are just the state. That's all they do. Guys are yeah. the one. Like the federal guys are always busy, uh, or yeah. national guys, but the state chapter guys, the are, regional directors too. Yeah, they're awesome. Mm-hmm. That's a solid tip, man. I've yep. never thought about that. Yeah, that's yep. cool. Really yep. good because they're, you know, they want to bring attention to the work that they're doing. In fact, the guy that does North Dakota, South Dakota, we know really well. He's on the podcast, Marshall. He, he basically was like, yeah, like, you know, how, how far, what are you guys willing to do? Like, I'll connect you guys. Yeah, if you want to talk to, if you're into Mule Deer at all, his name's Marshall Johnson. You ever see his North and South Dakota Mule Deer Foundation He does a chapter. lot of the, what's the... Matt plots 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 yeah. properties which is the private landowners that are open to public hunting um mm-hmm. and like in north dakota it's huge like it, it's a layer you can see on onyx but that's a program that the mule deer foundation is working with landowners to open yeah. up for public hunting turn that layer off and you're like man like where do we hunt turn that layer on and it's like oh we can hunt everywhere yep yeah you know and it's it's super cool and it's expensive like those guys work really hard with the state department to get that and there's a similar one in south dakota i'm not sure what it's called but yes same thing like they're working really hard the difference something it was something funny i laughed at the acronym and uh, he didn't get it the difference in south dakota that we saw (laughs) is there's a lot of uh grazing associations in south dakota and those guys are real locked down like you're not getting on those properties um, and they're big yeah. chunks of land, it sounds like, too, or at yeah. least it looks like. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting to see, but that's a great one to talk to right out of the gate. 
Yeah, that's a good point, man. That's very cool. I think that, you know, after you figure out how to get your tag or whatever, and you know you're going to a state, I mean, for us, it's for sure hitting the maps. Yep. You know, um, Onyx, we use a ton like y'all do. I also use Google some just to overlay because a lot of times you get to look at different um, times Seasons. of year or whatever, you know. Yep. You know, Onyx is real cool because you can just copy paste the GPS cords and just plug them in a, in a Google right quick and just, you know, kind of compare and contrast. Dude. And I think there it's just, you know, it's the map scout breakdown. You just figure out what looks like habitat and drop mm. pins. And, you know, what's a good tip for uh, map scouting is I like, um, I like to use maps as well on top of Onyx and I really right. like the street view. Uh, yeah. Mode. Yep. And they don't have all the back yeah, roads that you might want to, but you, at least it'll put you on the ground and you can kind of see, like, yeah, here's what this road actually looks like. Here's what that pull off looks like, and I've done that. Oh, some I'm right there with you because a lot of the places we're hunting actually doesn't have street view, but you can find like at least that creek or river somewhere where an interstate or major highway crosses it, and you can yep. see like okay, these are cottonwoods or whatever. Or this you know is what a navig mean? navigable river or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. You know, and that that is a, that is a big hand for sure. Uh, so here's another little secret tip mm -hmm. i like to figure out trophy quality of areas and stuff too all right um there there's two apps that i use there's this thing called iNaturalist. have y'all ever heard of that no so iNaturalist is a catalog for universities and their study programs where um it's not publicly funded but whatever you want to call it uh it's open to the public yep and it's kind of a geotagging thing where um uh, you can go in and you can search whitetail deer and it'll show you a pin of everywhere anybody's reported a, a sighting and picture of a whitetail deer. Hmm. So like, <laughs> for instance, if you go uh, and do whitetail deer in rural Atlanta, Georgia, or I'm sorry, urban Atlanta, Georgia, you can see all the deer in Atlanta or Detroit or wherever. And you can also work somewhat in the rural areas as well. And you can just see maybe population densities. You can search for, uh, cervids in general so you can see elk mule deer mm -hmm. whitetail all that you know kind of see the population distribution of different species and just see you know kind of what has been observed in the area because that's, that's cool. one of the things a lot of times when you're talking about these boundary states it's like well are there actually mule deer there are there actually right. whitetail there you know right. what's the habitat like and then um i straight up go to the closest town and go to instagram and go to the places tab search that town and scroll through through all the pictures and look and see who has geotagged their kills. So um, don't geotag your kills if you're listening. Right? <laughs> but at the same time, people have done that. So you, and you can see kind of like, you know, some trophy potential for the area. Yeah. So that's kind of the Tyler has killed this buck in Anna, Illinois. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. I but think dude, you, here, uh, Chicago deep dish pizza on that deer. I yeah, think, I think that's right. Yeah. The, the funny thing is, is though, like, go back to the days of like when forums were really the place to be, and dude, people will, especially when they harvest the deer, they'll blab everything out there. Yeah. They'll tell you down to the broadhead, the the arrow, the boat. Like they don't care. Like at that point, it's just like they're just displaying their prize. You know, mm -hmm. and people used to be like if you would gross like Kentucky had a really good one, Tennessee had a really good one, Iowa had a really good one, um, Missouri's was okay, but you could literally go down and see like all of the counties at least where people were killing. And you're like, okay, like there's a lot of big deer being killed in this county. Like this is one that yeah. I need to pay attention to. Yeah, you know, Facebook and, groups are like that now. Though. That's what took sure. over for forums. You know, yep. forums died because of Facebook and. 
now almost every state has got yep. you know a Facebook form that they'll at least tell you what area of the state or whatever. And not that I'm like super trying to snipe that or whatever, but it's you. There's a different like there's a there's a moral difference in trying to like figure out a guy's hunting spot. And then also just understanding um, the white dynamic of the state. Well, that's it, man. Yeah, we're not, like, I don't care. I don't care where you guys hunt specifically in Shawnee, but the fact that, like, somebody's Ah. killed. uh, (laughs) (laughs) See see how I play that off? And then uh, later on, I'll just be like, hey, why don't you just send me that point while you're out? I don't care. I don't care as much, but it it just is an example. I'm going to assume you guys didn't share the pin where you actually killed that buck on the map scouting video. Uh you could assume that, but <laughs> you can yeah. assume a lot of things. Maybe it's on there. You just have to figure out which of the 100 it is. It was, I mean, dude, it was a unique watch because as I was watching you guys like drop the pens, I would just look up the stuff I was seeing on the map on Onyx. I'm like, I can figure it out. I'm like, oh, here's, here it is. Here's mm-hmm. the bench point. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind those, of, those pins are accurate to the cameras and stuff that we, sure. you know, put in the video sure. or whatever. So, yeah, yeah. it's not like we, Made uh, it up, yeah, yeah. Put deceptive pins in there. It's just not Dumb, where we're actually. We kind of went out of the way to like make sure we didn't hotspot anyone's individual place. Yeah, but yeah. The way this whole thing originally sure. started was, it was, uh, I guess, uh, listeners or viewers or whatever sent us in spots they wanted us to go check out and just see what we thought about. I just it, had a know? great idea for a reality show. We we could do this. We could go out. We could drop pins. Be like, this is a great hunting spot, and then just set up with cameras and see what idiots show up, <laughs> and then film their reactions. <laughs> Be like, are you here to hunt this bug? On somebody, we've had a few people tell us, but I've been waiting on somebody to be like, hey, I killed this deer at this spot. I've had some guys hunt or message and said they hunted a couple of the places and actually kind of saw some stuff, especially some of the Texas ones. So that was kind of cool, you know, to see it kind of. It is one of those things, like, obviously completely (laughs) unintentional, but, like, just by chance, like, if, if, there's people of like minds that know what they're looking for in a certain area. You're going to cross paths at some point. Yeah, and whether yeah. it's to like call, like call out the spot as like, Hey, this is what we're looking for. And then somebody's like, well, shit, that's my spot. And it's like, well, sorry, dude, I'm not hot spotting. And I'm just trying to educate people on what I'm looking for. It just so happens. This was the spot. Mm. You yeah. know, and well, it, at the end, we always say, you know, like, you know, this is, this is a spot. Here's mm-hmm. a couple other spots that might be, because of the things that we've discussed, like might be a good spot as well. But like, you know, this is, this is a teaching thing. Like this is, this is so you can learn maybe how to find your own spot. And we're not like, we're not suggesting that people shouldn't go hunt them necessarily, but it's, we're not trying to, you know, like if somebody's like, that's my spot, I'm like, well, we didn't direct, we told people to go find their own spot. Yeah. You and know? One of overwhelmingly many. the reaction has been different than that. Yeah. Like so many guys are like, dude, I knew exactly where you were. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, and yeah, yeah that's helpful. cool. Yeah, you know, like a lot of guys find it helpful because I mean, it doesn't matter if it's us, you know, the four of us talking right now that hunt quite a bit, like we're going to learn something from each other. Oh, you know? 100%, so, man. There's Did a you... bunch of people out there that are looking at a map that it's like, I might as well be looking at a picture of the ocean. I have yeah. no clue where to go. You know, <laughs> well, the reality so. too is there's so many spots. Common sense would tell you, well, the spot's clearly on a YouTube video that's doing pretty well. Like, let's maybe just not hit that spot. Well, and there's yeah. Yeah. there's a there's an ideal ideology, I guess, of it of thinking where hunters are going. It's going to be closer to the road. They're going to identify quote what would be obvious food sources. Like they may look at you guys putting that on the bean field and be like, yeah, I'm going to hunt that. Meanwhile, in November, those beans are long gone. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, well, that's one. I mean, we also didn't put any cameras more than about a half mile in. So like, yep. if you really, really worked hard to find a spot and hunt and get into it, you know, <laughs> then 
yeah, probably it's probably clean. More than a half mile. Did yeah. you guys run into some people when you were in Shawnee when you were hunting? Uh, yeah, there were some people around uh, when I was up there in October yep. in Illinois, and there was um, actually I was there on a cold front. I was there for a cold front, and it came in on a Thursday, I think maybe, and then on and so I killed on Thursday, and then I still had a buddy that was up there hunting, and so I just hung out with him for a couple of days, and uh that weekend it got real busy and mm-hmm. it was, so that was like the 24th and 25th or somewhere in there maybe yeah it was it was like like i was driving around and there was dudes parked quite like at a quite a few locations mm-hmm. so it was it was kind of disappointing a little bit because i thought man you know it's a lot of pressure for still being like yeah a week away from november you know? i know and that's the thing i mean again go back to those otc states in illinois being one of them i mean it's always been one of those epicenters of killing big bucks and it's easy to get a tag in and it's fairly centrally located to us in Pennsylvania, you in Texas, like people into the Dakotas, like, I guess sh- short of actually dropping a pin for us, but like what, what was the, the spot that you killed that buck? Was there a lot of pressure in that area? Can I ask like how, how far did you have to go into access? Something like that? Uh, yeah, I went, I went, uh, the walk in was like six tenths of a mile. Mm-hmm. Um, Primarily just through yeah, through very, woods, through big timber, like ridges and stuff? or On the edge of a bean field, it's fairly easy for the most part. I guess, like, I finally slipped in uh, to the woods about 200 yards probably from the scrape. Yep, there you <clears> go. So, like, it was, it was bean fields walking, you know, which actually beans are kind of hard to walk through sometimes. Yep, <laughs> yes. But, um, yeah, so, like, it was uh, – there's a lot of pressure in – like, if you made – if you drew, like, a, you know, two- or three-mile radius – um mm-hmm. there would be a lot of pressure in that area uh but in the like parcel i guess the particular parcel i was hunting um nobody else i could tell was in there um yeah you know or had been in there uh my buddy actually hunted the north side of that that parcel later that week so i mean i'm sure you know you can you can it's like you can drive and see a lot of that stuff from the road, you know? Mm. So, um, I guess it's just like one of those things where in late October I was there before, yeah. you know, the rut before rush. Before I got I really cranking. I wonder if it would be completely different, you yeah. know, where like yeah. Thursday in October, not a lot of people have like the flexibility to make that happen. And that's, you know, where we're blessed to be able to sure. do this, you know, pretty much full time in the fall at least, yep. you know, and, and because being somewhere to kill a deer is a huge advantage you know like if you don't have the days off to be there on a thursday in october then you're gonna have a real tough time there you you know what i mean yeah we're we're like you're just saying you know like it's a good cold front a lot of guys are off on friday evening and saturday Mm -hmm. so you know there's probably a lot of dudes in there on saturday just so happens you killed him before yeah the pressure i I can't tell me how many times i've thought that i'll be at the farm on like a tuesday afternoon i'm like nobody's on today uh, and yeah. I'll see somebody like walking through the woods. Just like, work. The heck are these guys doing? Don't you have a job? Yeah. Meanwhile, get a job, bro. Like, firemen or policemen or something like that. You know, public service where they have yeah. not a you know five day a week type right. schedule, but it's like four on three off or whatever. You know, and those guys are killers. They just can't like travel the country as much. You right. Know? But I have friends that, that are hunt around here that are killers because they have those three day blocks that they can just hunt the whole time. Yeah. Know? Yeah. It, it is. I mean, when you talk about, especially like October, I mean, that first cold front that comes through in like mid October, if you can get your ass in a tree stand, like 
that's the one. I mean, you've got a really, really good chance. And then even in that 20th to 25th time frame, like there's just certain times you just it's, yeah. It's not, be just, there. it's not just anywhere though. Like you you gotta do your homework for those deer. Mm-hmm. You gotta know what what buck is in the area and have identified that scrape ahead of time. But but if you've done that, yeah, I mean those are the and isn't it crazy? Like conditions. and again, not saying like we have full flexibility, but we have a lot of flexibility as well. But like, dude, I grew up hunting Friday evenings and Saturdays. Yeah. Like that's yeah, that's it. <laughs> like and to think of like how many times like it was like oh it's eighty degrees. Well. I either hunt or I don't. Like that's it. Yeah. Like there is no other choice. I don't. I don't remember even considering it. Like when I was a teenager, I was yeah. just like, "It's Friday, so we're hunting." Yeah. Like it's not like, "Oh, there's a weather front or whatever." Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's like when people start talking about the moon, uh, like especially the moon. I'm, I start going, "Dude, just hunt when you can, man." Yeah. Like I mean, I don't yeah. know a whole lot about the moon because that's kind of how my mentality. Not much is to like, know. Yeah, you're you're yeah. blessed for it. You don't need to. <laughs> yeah. We've actually we actually talked to a lot of uh, biologists on the show fairly recent, and, and all of them have concluded that there's no correlation whatsoever. No data. Yeah, um, no data to support it. There have been a lot of studies that have done it, too. The unfortunate thing is the industry has pumped it up so much that a lot of hunters, like, base their entire vacation off of, like, the red moon and you end of what? October there, There's not a ton of guys, though. Like, it's pretty much just, like, Team 200 and... Uh, ben? Which he's a part of, and the deer society. Yeah, yeah. talk about the moon. I know a guy who only hunts on weekends, but he still buys his little red moon truck. <laughs> it's like it's crazy. You're wow. only gonna hunt when you can, anyways. Yeah, it's like, ah, you know, it's, it's something about nuts, man. Just that mystique, you know. People yeah. like that about this stuff, though, and that's kind of what makes things fun. You know, if we had these things figured out, I could just go kill one every time. Well, and that's yeah. it, man. I mean, regardless, of, like, yes, I think that playing the weather and and making sure your wind's in check is probably the most valuable but at the end of the day it's like it's it's 90 percent uh, luck <laughs> i think <laughs> like, i be in the right place right time i think things like the moon guide uh a- along with a-, a lot of other things make deer actually harder to kill and yeah. it's not that not the moon guide itself but that we're giving deer too much credit yeah <laughs> for sure yeah things like and i i've named deer in the past nothing wrong with it but like the name and deer you know, trying to find these like mystical patterns, like anything that's given them too much credit, Mm -hmm. I think is what keeps deer running. Like it's just, it's just a a goat that lives in the woods and you just got to be at the same place that it is. And follow its stomach for the most part. That's it. The ladies in the... And it's wiener the other half. Yeah, that's it. That's really what comes down. With you guys travel, when you guys travel a lot, uh, sorry Tyler, I didn't mean to interrupt you though. When you guys are traveling a lot, I know this is something that Jared and I talk about, and we probably err on a side of caution more than we should, but how, how aggressive do you think you guys are when you move into a spot to to start hunting for the trip, whether it's a five-day trip or a seven-day trip? I mean, do you start conservative and then get more aggressive, or do you just, like, go in on it? If you uh, – it depends on how much land you have to play with, I think. Like, up in South Dakota last year, um, we didn't have a whole lot of great spots that we felt confident in – uh, from the maps, even from the get go, you know, and so like, we really it was it was the most odd thing. But like, for the first like four days of the hunt, like, you know, you're essentially in early October, you're you're kind of hunting a bed to feed pattern. So you know, you have this destination alfalfa field, and you've got this, you know, this woods down by the river. Mm-hmm. And that's where they're going to bed and they're going to go out to that. And you know, the first afternoon, we find out that that's the truth. They're going up there in the evenings. But for like the first four days, the wind would switch like every 12 hours 
to to make it the the wrong wind we needed to hunt mm-hmm. the deer it was the it was the wildest thing like literally we're like every day we're like well, it switches again this afternoon, so the wind's going to be blowing right out, and we can't hunt them, you know, or whatever. And, and it's funny how they figure that out, and you're like, oh, <laughs> that's why they're doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like when you find so, a big buck bed in a bowl or something, and you're like, oh, the wind's swirling from every direction at all times. Yeah, that's yes. why. Yeah. So we, uh, but we ended up, you know, like KC was talking about earlier, like we ended up having a wind switch that finally worked for us, or a wind that finally worked for us in the evening. And we were like, I mean, we were, it was like, one of those deals game it's like on game on the ding dongs and go dude. yeah we, uh, <laughs> we, uh, we definitely you know felt good about it went in and we actually both shot deer that night yeah. wow and so it's like i guess in that situation we had to be conservative uh in our in our uh you know with the wind and everything we had to be conservative in hunting that spot and we hunted french stuff and hunted other spots that were pretty marginal for mm. several days but then once the, we got the wind, it was like, we're so far into the hunt. Let's you got to go. Got to get up in there, you know? That's I think, what we did. like, if I could describe it, my approach, at least I think we kind of share this, is like knowledgeably aggressive. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Don't do anything stupid that doesn't make sense, but be absolutely as aggressive as, aggressive as you can. Yeah. You know, like, say we roll up to wherever we're going to hunt, you know, Texas public this year. And we know where the hot spot is. I'm not going to like set up 200 yards from that and slowly move in day after day because each day is me intruding. Like mm-hmm. if I can go in there first day in the best spot and it's a good win, go do it. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like there's no reason. I, I, and I'm not criticizing people because everybody kills, killed deer. Uh, I can't talk. <laughs> a lot of people kill deer in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. Right. But for me, it doesn't make a lot of sense to hunt fringes if you have a great opportunity or a great weather window or whatever it is it's like what you did in illinois you went in there the first day you were there on the good cold front hung in the tree 13 yards from the scrape and shot a giant buck yeah you know like everything makes sense you know in that situation i think like we wouldn't show up and you know go say just spotting and stalking through the timber and you know walking along the ground and just blow the whole place out for one that's kind of inconsiderate of a lot of people sometimes and you know, for another, it's not very effective, but I guess, you know, if you have the, the time and that's what you want to do, I guess I'm not saying don't do it or whatever. Elmer fudding through the woods. If you got your crossbow yeah, with yeah, you. It's yeah. like, nothing yeah. like a guy walking around at 830 when you're in your tree stand. You yeah. Know? Blowing like, a grunt cool. call. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, it's, uh, you know, I think that's, that's exactly right. What Casey said is like, if you, if everything makes sense, just go in there and kill the deer, you know, but yeah. like, uh if if you and also if you have a lot of land i mean there's also the variable like if you're hunting a specific deer whether Mm -hmm. it's on private or on public and it's a monster like you might be a little more conservative with that particular thing but a lot of times we're out there like you said we're trying to kill three and a half year old plus bucks we hardly are ever hunting a specific deer anymore that's weird i did this year on my property yeah private yeah yeah um i hunted actually a lot for that deer so <laughs> mm-hmm. you know but like is it, that, when we go out of state yeah it's not that way it's is, not that way the bucks you killed in kansas i'm sorry in texas this past year was that uh the one you killed like uh, it was real dark it was get it was getting pretty dark yeah it was a nice was buck too yeah 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 that was on public i watched that and I I last, a... last night oh thanks, cool. man. thanks man yeah that that was dude, that's one of uh thank you <laughs> I don't know, we've, you know since 20 since uh really since 2016 we, we were hunting together in 2016 but like since then i mean we've been we've been uh 
putting in a lot of time and effort on Texas public and it's not easy at all. Yeah. It's, it's very tough. That um, was a wild night there too, yeah. because it was like the most encounters we've ever had. Yeah. I don't know. And it was hot. It was, we were on an Indian summer, yeah. you know, it was like November, what, third. And it was like 85 that day. During the daytime. And uh, I rattled in a giant old six point mm-hmm. and Tyler shot that deer all in the same night. You know, it was wow. like, mm. you know, but, we talk about these weather fronts and all that, but the deer do what they want to, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Just yeah. if you have access to get to where they are. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. Well, guys, tell us a little bit about the element in terms of how you guys have the channel set up and in terms of productions. Because, you know, I hear we're talking about uh, you guys doing a bunch of what, like short film type stuff. I mean, is that kind of the primary feature of what you guys are doing on the channel? Um, yeah, well, um, Tyler is kind of master of production. Uh, he, he's kind of the mastermind behind this stuff, especially because he has the most camera experience. He just kind of taught me everything I know about them. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do like, we have season SZN, which is kind of like, that's our hunting show. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We're like in the fall, we go through as soon as a whitetail hunt starts, that starts that season. And it goes through pretty much until we don't have tags anymore. Through January. Yeah, through pretty January, much. pretty much. Got it. And then um, the other six or seven months we're doing you know, gear reviews, hunt breakdowns, all that kind of stuff. Hog hunting. Yeah, hog hunting for sure. That's another nice thing is uh, Texas, for everything that it has, <laughs> uh, it's got a lot of pigs on public land where there is public land. So that's kind of the relief, honestly. Like, we go through a real tough deer season, a real tough schedule of hunting. And I say tough. Sorry, guys. It's not. It's We're blessed. It's awesome, right? But, like, as far as effort put in, a lot yeah. of effort. And then we just bust out the shotguns and just go to – Just smash a bunch of hogs. Yeah, yeah, man, like that. making sausage and ground meat and, <laughs> year, you know, deer and hog meat. So, there you go. Yeah, yeah I like yeah. that. So but the, uh, the YouTube channel is just like, you know, for the six months that is off season, it's a lot of educational type stuff, mm-hmm. um, some gear reviews and stuff like that, because I know guys are into that. And that's helpful. It's educational for a lot of guys that are going to spend three, four hundred bucks, you know, on sure. something. So we try to do try to, you know, the people that are familiar with our podcast, they uh trust us i feel like enough that when we say you know this is a product that we like or this is a product we don't like it gives them some kind of good opinion so Very cool. yeah. we do our best to uh not be experts but have experience-based opinions yeah no, know, that's good you know what i mean the difference mm-hmm. in that like uh, i mean shoot dude i'm 32 i'm not young and i'm not old you know there's guys who are 50 and 60 who've had more deer seasons than i've you know been illegal to hunt you know mm-hmm. so they they of course, will in some areas have more expertise, but we do a lot of hunting in yeah. a lot of different states and a lot of different ways, you know. So that's kind of our approach to stuff is like, hey, this isn't the way to do it, but this is how we do it. What do y'all think about it? Yeah. yeah. It's the only way to get better is, you know, put more time in and see more places and more experiences on it. Yeah. That, that yeah, expert we, that expert opinion is a it's an interesting thing. Like is mm-hmm. Jer- is Jeremy because we're only what, 23, 24 podcasts deep and Mm-hmm. You know, we try to figure out how to approach this thing in the beginning. And one thing we decided right out of the gate is like, or that we had to acknowledge maybe is like, dude, we're, we're not experts. And if we tried to take that approach, we'd have been out of content a long time, 20 ago. podcasts ago. Mm-hmm. Cause I know <laughs> yeah. a lot about maybe three, four things. And then everything else, it's like, well, let's just do it and figure mm-hmm. it out and talk about it. And that seems to be by far, um, you know, the best way to run these kind of things. So when well, you I guys want to be an expert at deer hunting, man, like, I know I mean, it did. If you're an expert. You're, 
like does it is it fun anymore well i'll give you, know you an I mean? example too and, and it's a guy that we both like a lot his name is jeff sturgis i don't know if you're familiar with his yeah, YouTube yeah we've had him show a few times. his approach is very educationally based and there's been others before him like you know grant woods and <clears throat> there's been several of them that have been you know really successful and uh, i man i just don't know how they maintain that level of yeah, Jeff, Jeff here's, here's a, white, a whiteboard, and I'm putting out seven videos a week about mm -hmm. here's everything you need to know about this, like in That's detail. All doing. And it's like, yeah. holy cow, I don't know that much about anything. I know. <laughs> well, I think, I think from Jeff's standpoint, it, you know, it is very much uh, experienced opinion versus it is like this is the way, right? He's going to tell yeah. you how he no, does it. It's based it. on his opinion. Yeah. You know, it's just like he'll he'll tell you like, "Yeah, I don't I don't plant summer annuals. Like I don't plant beans because there's beans everywhere from the well, farmers." We, we had Jeff on the podcast and it was fun it was fun to challenge some of his expertise. Mm -hmm. And he was really receptive to you know, to to that. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, he's a nice guy, man. He is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he's about as legit as it comes in terms of just a just a good dude. Yeah. Um mm -hmm. and it, it He's one of the guys, too, just from the way he does things from a consulting standpoint, who's probably seen more properties and provided more information for those properties than any other person I know. What's I mean, he doing? Like 200, 200 different property visits a year. a year. How many How many people do you say he turned away? Like 5,000? 1,000 last year. 1,000? Mm -hmm. If it turned away 1,000 landowners, he's like, no, I just can't do it. Dumb time. You know, and so think about seeing 200 different properties to provide input on in a given year. Talk about some pins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I could turn away a thousand people for any product, I could make a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Well, it is yeah. interesting, though. I mean, because we all have our experience. Like, Jared and I kind of do. We have saddles. We'll probably use them a little bit this year. I will say that I'm still a hang on guy. Uh, I've, hunted, I've hunted out of mine one time, and I struggled with it because we didn't have the. The platform. We didn't have right. the platforms yet. So I was like standing on like some sticks. lone wolf sticks. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it wasn't great. I, uh, I thought I was going to be that guy, but last year I hunted on a saddle almost every hunt. Really? And it's because you get in the, I get in this thing at least. I shouldn't say you. I, I get in this deal where, like, I have my system for the season, mm -hmm. and I don't want to mess with it. Yeah. Me. Yeah, that's smart. That's how Jared and, is. Yeah. And that's how pretty much I hunted. But I, I would say that, like, uh, saddles are for running gun stuff. And if you have permanent sets, go hang it, hang on that thing. And that yep. way you're reducing how much time you have to get in there and mess around and move around and how much noise you make and all, you know, like comfort, dude. Yeah. Shooting options. Yeah. You're not shooting all weird and everything, you know, like, yep. that's another thing. Well, Honestly, I got some shots because of the saddle oh, this yeah. year. Like I was able to lean way out and kind of low or whatever, you know, like get, get the right angle to shoot through limbs. I but overall, I feel like there's more comfortable shots from a stand, a tree stand. Yeah, sure. than no doubt. That. Especially, um, which one would it be? That one right there. Yeah, over yeah. the shoulder. It's like I can't quite turn that far, yeah. but I can't come this way either. Well, yeah. and I mean, yeah. like we'll have we'll we'll set some stands here in July on our leases in Illinois and some places that probably my dad and Corey will go out and hunt. But not saying that we won't. But Jared and I will either just slap a stand on our back, or we'll take a saddle and just run. Well, and dude, I got real confident with that lone wolf for a while, to where mm -hmm. I was feeling like um, it, it didn't seem like any uh, less work to hang a saddle. Because, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. like, yeah. with, with a, a hang on stand, it's just it's just the one strap, strap. maybe uh, yep. an extra one, and you still have to do all the sticks. But with a saddle, it's like you have to hang the platform, which is essentially a tree stand, mm -hmm. and then you have to strap in, and then it's not as comfortable. Yeah, throw a top up. I'm gonna I try it, I but I'm just not totally like, sold on it. Yet. Some of those clear cuts that I was hunting, I couldn't put a 
a hang on in it. The trees were too small. Oh, mm-hmm. there is no yeah. tree too small. For That's kind of how I feel, Jared. I'm kind of, I, I think that there's, there's a way to get a tree stand into almost every situation. I feel like just I hang been, lower. I feel like I would have just been like this. Hang lower. I was already at like seven feet. <laughs> yeah. How did, I, I think the thing that like we run into with why we like the saddle so much is especially in Texas, but in other places, like we have to go so far in sometimes. And yeah. I'm not talking about that is like, a big advantage. You know, You're right. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we did it a few times. We would get real frustrated at the end of season in Texas because <laughs> like the deer disappear. It's, you know, it's late season. It's, it's hard. And so uh, we would end up like there was, I think like two years in a row, we might've done this on the last day of our season where we're carrying in these stands and they're like lightweight, you know, mm-hmm. 13 pound stands or whatever, or lightweight. And, you know, all of our gear, camera gear, all this stuff, and we'll walk around and we'll, we'll have an idea. Like we've got this place we want to go. This is where we can kill. We'll end up walking to it. There's a stand there already. It's been there all year or whatever. Who knows if anybody hunted it, but it's kind of like, well, you know, somebody's been in here chopping limbs yep. and stuff. So we move on and we end up doing like a three mile loop. <laughs> and by the end of it, like our shoulders hurt so just bad. Spent, just yeah. holding all that weight, you know, and everything. Briars yeah. catch. Yeah. And so it just gets to the point where like, I mean, Casey killed it and, you know, he killed in Kansas a mile back last year. So like, I mean, that's just when you take away that, that weight and the cumbersome. That's a great point. That's probably one of the biggest arguments for it. Mm -hmm. And that's why, uh, yeah, I won't go to Illinois this year without making sure I've got a good saddle, uh, set up. Yeah. We're going to use Hawks this year. That's just what we have. All right. But, um, but yeah, when it, uh, I agree, I, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) <laughs> i told him the story the other day what's that oh yeah yeah the, yeah no yeah. more uh what were those traction tractions that's, that's gruesome what was that sound effect you just made traction yeah yeah oh, okay yeah. <laughs> yeah well i mean it gave you traction oh yeah held on plenty of it yeah mm. you weren't gonna slip yeah well. it is it is one of those things i mean uh first of all camera gear uh, do you guys self-film at all yeah, yeah all most of the time i mean we've got we've got a pretty uh, we've expanded our crew this year, so we hopefully won't have to do as much. Dude, that's that's one of those things. Like last year, I self filmed in Kansas, and like by the time I got to the tree stand, I was one soaked because I had so much damn gear on me. And then I got up in there, and I'm like, "This is the stupidest thing." Ever. T- Tyler, like, who I, would do yeah. this? I, I gotta ask you because I can tell you're agitated already by it. But how how bad does it suck taking a cameraman in and you still don't get the shot on the film? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, it's like, dude, yeah. your sole job is to shoot the thing with the camera. Dude, it's funny that you say that because uh, we re- we did like a hunt breakdown of that hunt that we just released on YouTube, and like, not only in the hunt, the actual hunt video, but in the hunt breakdown video, there like people get on there, and that's like the only comment we get. At. <laughs> Probably fifty percent of the comments yeah. are like, "What was the camera guy doing?" You know? That's it's like, take note, I, Colton. I, I tried to give him grace, man, and, and I wasn't hard on him at all because I'm not, you know, I'm not Michael Waddell. I'm not, you know, making millions off of this yeah. thing or whatever, you know. But, like, at the same time, and I, I don't know. I just try to think, man, you know, he's new to it and all this and that, and he's he's trying. And so I gave him the benefit of the doubt and didn't, didn't get mad at him or anything. But it is uh, a little bit frustrating because that was there was two giant deer in there, and pretty much we got – a uh, zoomed out version of my deer in the very corner where you can barely see him, you know, and that's yeah. about all the footage we got. Wait, um, and I watched some of it. Did, was it just not, did he just not communicate with you, Tyler? He didn't know where it was, right? He couldn't see him, I don't think. He So the the big deer was at like 
you know, seven or eight yards right, <laughs> just oh. right here. Wait, I was, oh, oh, right there. He was so close. And uh, <laughs> he he doesn't, he didn't know. I mean, we told him, look, we need to, we got to kill deer, you know. Yeah. So let's, you know, be, be very, you know, still and, and, you know, try to pick the right moments to move. And I guess somebody with a little less experience doesn't get that quite as much. So he was afraid to move at all times, you know, like mm. when deer were yeah. in the area. And so he just like, never really got that camera moved around and got the deer on it on the video. And so the deer is at like eight yards and essentially what happened, I won't tell the long version, but that deer spooks, you know, cause we're silhouetted and everything and goes, the only place is so thick in there. The only place he has to go is right at the, the deer that I killed. Mm-hmm. And so he runs right at him, freaks the deer out that I killed. And he does this, like, they like basically like switch places, you know, but this deer takes off. And my deer comes to eight yards and is standing there looking back at that deer. And mm. I, I draw. I'm like, this is easy. You yep. know, it's a done deal. At eight yards, he's looking away from me. Yeah. Draw. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, are you on him? And he's like, huh? You know, <laughs> yeah. I said it like oh. times. And fi- the last time I said it, I said it loud. And yeah, what are you going to do? I, like, make sure he could hear me because it was windy. You know, I was like, are you on him? I basically said it like that loud, you know. And when I said that, the deer turned and looked right up at me. And I just, you know, I was like. Had, he's not getting out of here alive. Sorry, mm. but uh. so yeah, it was a uh, it was it was a bit frustrating because you know luckily we had both those deer on trail camera, so I could throw a little bit of that footage in there. Sure. It was really cool stuff. So. Yeah, I mean that's tough, man. It it, it is uh the communication thing is is tough. The enter and the, enter the, the very first time I took Colton out with me was yeah. was last year. We we went out and smoked two does, and I was like, I think we got it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, we're, we're done. done. That's <laughs> a wrap. Let's wrap it up. That's a wrap. I mean, I Colton's the man, isn't he? I yeah, oh yeah. I self film. Well, oh, well, Colton's it's your uncle, right? Yeah. What and his name is Jason. What last name? Jason Huntsman has filmed for a bone collector for quite a few years. Midwest Whitetail. He killed big trashies, what you call that buck, for uh, for Bill no, Midwest on Whitetail. Midwest Whitetail East series. Yeah, Have cool. you seen that? Yeah, yeah. That's his that's uncle. Awesome, yeah. Golly, man, you're yeah. just it's in your blood. Yeah, that's it, it, man. Well, that's what we knew is going to be good. So. Yeah. No pressure. Yeah. <laughs> no pressure. Yeah. Are you We're, a Huntsman, Colton? Yeah. No. Strauss. You, you can talk into your mic there, Colton, if you want. Gotcha. Gotcha. He's not. He's not a huntsman. No, not not by trade. He is though. Yeah. He's good. Huntsman. What a name! Like, yeah, that's uh, that's perfect. You could have made your own yeah. brand out of that. Well, know? what Colton is, he's a big hunter, so he at least gets the movements in the stand and getting in and everything. So yeah. that'll that's be so a big impo- one. That's so important. It man. is. Just you can't know how to move in a tree stand until you've turned around and a deer's looking right at you like ten times, and mm-hmm. then you're like, oh, okay, I you need to move like this. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's Which one is, thing that I've been, you know, I've been lucky to Casey and I both have spent a lot of time in the woods. And so we, we kind of take for granted. And that's why I was trying to, like I said, I try to give him grace because I, I take for granted sometimes how much, how much time I've spent around deer. And like, you know, we, we, we've been able to hunt feeders for, you know, growing up and stuff. So like, not only do you have a deer pass you by, like a lot of guys in other states, but like the deer stands there for 30 minutes sometimes. So you yeah, get to learn everything seven about year the old doe is yeah. just like trying yeah. so hard to figure out why this pile of corn's here, you know, and she I mean? will eventually. Great. Yeah. Yes. And so, yeah, yeah so you learn so much. Yeah. yeah. yeah you know like, how is her neck not getting tired? Yeah. pencil neck. That's it, man. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. That experience in the woods. It, it pays off a lot. You know, I guess that's probably like 
if you're trying to improve your abilities as, as a hunter, just make sure you hunt as much as you can and you'll learn yeah. something sooner or later. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's the, I mean, not that I like doing it, but like I, in a lot of cases, I'd rather self film cause it's just me controlling everything. Like my movements, oh, yeah. one person in the stand, like it's a lot harder to film and get quality film that way. But, and you miss like the hunter dynamic aspect, but can't do it. Yeah. I, I'm with you. I, I also wish I could control that, but I just know that I can't get a good yeah. kill on film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you can do it, man. Well, especially not with, I mean, we're filming with like black magics. So it's, it's like a DSLR type of body. Yeah. yeah. You just can't do it. I, I could do it. I could definitely do it with a, like a, a Verizon Canon deal or yeah, whatever. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's tough for it sure. Is. It's very tough. Yeah. Man. And it's, <clears throat> if you want to do it, just know that you're going to mess up. A deer oh yeah, point. and so, it's gonna suck. I have a hard enough time freaking shooting deer as as it. When you carry all that <laughs> stuff a mile back in, and then you climb up and you set up, and then you set up all your camera gear, and you're soaked, and you're just like, "This is stupid." Well, there's a lot of advantages to having a cameraman though. Like I'll, I'll get that. Like if I hang the stand, I'll be like, "Hey, here's the saw. Go cut that. Go cut. <laughs> go cut that. Yeah. Tr- trim my lanes for me. There you go. Yeah. Get up here. Hurry up. Hurry up. Yeah, he's coming. <laughs> get <laughs> get Whenever, over here. It doesn't happen very often. But when Tyler and I get to hunt together in that cameraman hunter situation, it's we are pretty effective. Yeah, yeah. you know, like, uh, and I'm not saying that like other people that we have along aren't, but like, you know, when you, you just like y'all understand, like when you got your person you hunt with a lot, like you just know what each other is thinking a lot of times, you know, and you can yeah. just you know. I don't have to tell him to put the, you know, the first stick how high or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's yeah, trust just too. Like, it's know he's going to do stuff right. It's out there finishing know? each and other's sandwiches. Like, spend up That's not my freaking sandwiches, what? man. I said you're just out there finishing each other's sandwiches. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, pass me, pass me that PB&J. And he's like, ooh, yeah. sorry. Well, dude, that. so we, we, Jeremy and I, is a good example of this, did this North Dakota hunt last year, and it was, like, flawless. And we're like, Browing out of like, dude, perfect execution. Like, yeah, we should have everybody on the bro. floor as well. Yeah, we did a great job. So this year we're taking two cameramen with us. Mm-hmm. Colton one. I'm gonna do everything in my power, and I think you will too, to uh, try to maintain the dynamic. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we're still gonna try to hunt together as much as we can, but introduce, you know, hopefully a, a, a quality film team. Yeah, so that we can mm-hmm. still hunt the same way that we hunted. So, so like. In reality, I th- what I think that will look like is even though we have four guys, Jeremy and I are still going to hunt a deer. Like we're going to go out and try to scout a deer, and like Jeremy will hunt, and I will scout. And in North Dakota, you can use in yours to got to got- say, hey, basically, you got to go to your left, got to go to your right. You're getting closer. One cameraman will go with Jeremy, and one will stay with me from the lookout spot. So hopefully, we can capture, mm-hmm. and then we'll switch all, all of the elements. Yeah, and then we'll switch. Yep, off and on stock. But but I really I loved last year so much that I'm I'm nervous that introducing two more guys could throw off that dynamic. But mm-hmm. I, you know I think we're going about. We could have right got way. some really cool film from last year. Oh, if, it would have been so sick. Yeah, it would have been really good. But the the hard part there, like even if it's just you two guys, then you don't get your dynamic right. One of you's cameraman, the other one's the hunter. Yeah. So you're trying yeah. to interact, but it's not the same as if you're both in front interacting. Can't do it. Or it's- yeah. GoPro footage that's just not my favorite. Exactly. You know I mean? yep. so that's yeah. That's kind of the solution to it. But yeah, uh, I don't know. That's one of the things that we did this year. You know, you you asked us earlier. You know, like what's the production look like for the element? We uh, have a full time cameraman in the fall, part time cameraman in the fall, and a part or a guy who's gonna 
be on screen some and off some and all that stuff is kind of blurry anyways you know when mm -hmm. you come along and do stuff with us you end up hunting a lot but uh so one of the things that we're well we made sure we accumulated like-minded people and from the get-go sure and then now like we do a ton of team building stuff we don't call it that because that's kind of like corporate or whatever you know but like essentially that's what it is you know like, don't tell anybody but we're team building this is team building. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. like i thought we were just eating s'mores yeah yeah but like we just make sure we're friends yeah you know uh and sometimes you can't make sure you're friends with somebody so that's a whole nother screening process you know but yeah. like uh just bro it up you know and sooner or later you work good together yeah you know that's gonna and we're gonna actually have I think in July, I don't think I know in July, we're going to have uh, kind of like a film school type deal where for a day and a half, we're going to just watch films and video that we've shot, like what's good, what's bad stuff. That's, you know, a good thing to, that's really show. cool. That's smart, man. Eat, eat a lot of Mexican food, you there know, you go. and mm. make everybody happy. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, Supreme. Man. Oh it's yeah. On the menu. That's my, that's my go-to. <laughs> it's on the menu. I don't even look at the menu when I go to Mexican restaurants. I just get the enchilada supreme, and they always have it. <laughs> if it's they a don't, Pennsylvania thing to do. I guess, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if they if they don't, you have issues. Yeah. You're in the wrong place. Well, I got to find a better another Mexican place. Huh? Gordita plate. A gordita? That's what I get at Taco oh, nah, Bell. Nah, 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 I get nah, listen, nah. dude. When I go to Taco Bell, I get two Crunchwrap Supremes oh, oh, and two cheesy gordita Crunchwraps. Oh man, that's yeah. That's They're hiking good. prices on me though. It's like he's, twenty bucks. He's in bulk. Dude, face. I know. Used to you could eat like in college you could eat Taco Bell for like five dollars. These are my boys now. right here. Oh, no, man. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like they might as well go eat a steak. Man, you know? nothing, nothing feels like deer season to me like Taco Bell. Oh yeah, Taco yeah. Bell. Yeah. <laughs> that well, down good. here we eat water burger too. So yeah, water burger. Never heard of it. Uh, up there what? we. Oh, wait, no. Are you serious? Nope. Yeah, no. I yes, I am serious. I've never heard of it. I've heard of it. We don't have them. Is that like Water Boy? Yeah. No, it's like uh, Water Burger. No, what? It's a it's what a burger. We all say Water Burger because uh, we can't talk. But Water uh, Burger. It's a Water Burger. It's a Southern thing, kind of like you know how like Five Guys, I guess, is kind of a California thing, right, or something like that. No, we have that around here. Yeah, Five Guys. Yeah. Five. Well, we have Five it, Guys here. It's just it started out in Corpus Christi. I'll, I'll be honest with you too. I think legitimately Five Guys is the best burger I've ever had. Really? Yep. Wow. Yeah. But I've never had I've never had Whataburger, so well, okay. This is a whole political conversation right here. Right? <laughs> Whataburger got bought out and it's not as good as it used to be. Uh, Which is completely different than Wahlburger, right? From Wahlbergs. Yeah. I never had one of those. Me neither. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. I've seen one in but Vegas. I like his I music. Like Culver's. Y'all have Culver's? Right oh, there? I love Culver's. We ate at Culver's. Yeah. That, where do we eat there? In the Midwest. Dakotas. Uh, oh, I don't remember it Are being bad. Going Nebraska this year? I was about to say. Are y'all going through Nebraska at all? No, not this. So year. Nebraska has a culturally relevant fast food chain called Runza. Ooh. Runza's like a hot pocket, pretty much. Really? So if you're in Nebraska, you got to go to Runza and get a Runza. I like that. Okay. Does it give you the Runzas? <laughs> it does. It yeah. does, but it's worth it. All um, I all I need is Casey's breakfast pizza, and I'm sold, mm. man. Oh, it's good stuff. <laughs> what What's the move in Shawnee? Is there a, a go to? I don't know. Uh, Casey's breakfast pizza. Casey's yeah. And yeah. we're good. Okay. I don't, I don't know. Uh, we Sonic? actually on those, those trips, we don't eat out that much. We're a lot of times we're trying to just, uh, sandwiches. Yeah. Sandwich. Jamie's. Yeah. Maybe I'll do uh pulled pork again. We, we eat out a lot. We do Sonic and pizza slot. That's about <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, those yeah. two. Yeah. yeah, and Casey's. And Casey's. That's about it. A lot of times we try to limit our eating out to just celebrations, but Tyler killed like six bucks last year, so we celebrated <laughs> all wow, year. Wow, yeah, that's good. good. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, what's y'all's uh, what's y'all's go to like dessert move for celebration? Dessert move? Oh my god! Uh, uh, I don't have a dessert Miller, move. Miller High Life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, High Life. High Life We're is the Bible move. We're Bible Belt down here, so we just eat cookies instead of drink. You know, that's kind of how we do. It, but, wow. uh, <laughs> yeah, that's probably our uh, dessert. We move. don't do very much dessert. We do a lot of snacking in the tree stand, just sticker yeah. bars and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I don't know if we do. Dessert. Well, normally by the time we get, we're out, usually pass out. I was gonna say we eat. I'll have like three out. three burgers from Sonic, like two high lives, and I'm out. <laughs> yeah, food. Need, uh, I, I give you all a pro tip here for celebration next year when y'all kill. Okay, the Shawnee. All right. Um, so at some some place on the way or before you go, get uh, duplex cookies. You know what those are? Yeah. Uh-uh. So they're like a it's like a vanilla side and a chocolate side and mm-hmm. cream in the middle. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you when you leave to go to Shawnee, open them up and let them let them be open for like two days. They'll get a little bit stale, but it just makes them soft, and it's the best thing ever. There we go. Dip them in milk. What you want? Mm-hmm. Huh? Duplex cookies. Okay. We do have that um that little uh, Amish Mart or Mennonite Mart. Yep. That sound that seemed like it Mennonite had a lot of, Mart. <laughs> seemed like it had a lot of potential. Yeah, yeah. Was that in Anna? That was a real weird store though. They just sold like incense and no, they had like sandwiches and stuff did they yeah i think that was a little further like it was a good spot i don't know how close we're you guys know be. which one i'm talking about mm. mennonite mart if I, if I told you i knew then you'd know more <laughs> Type it in, if, just google it google it mennonite mart yeah if not if not we're yeah i don't know what there was a lot of places in anna and stuff though so i'm sure we'll end up somewhere for sure yeah yeah i don't know where we ate i bet we could ask the uh we got a super host hmm is it a super host for our Airbnb? Oh, I don't know. I think it is. Is it? Yep. What's that mean? Just ask them. Uh, it just means they're a super host. Hey, have y'all ever stayed at an Airbnb where you just rent the room instead of the house? Yes. That's kind of a weird deal. It is a weird deal. It's kind of like a yeah. soup it's kitchen. A, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, a super it's a thing. <laughs> it's a super weird deal. Yeah, this this place was... Dude, you're a youth pastor. You, <laughs> that, ain't, that ain't weird. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I went to youth group i know what yeah, goes on yeah mm-hmm. yeah some of these well, retreats yeah behind closed they, uh, doors you know staying in the, the gym of a church is a lot different than staying in someone's guest bedroom if you don't know <laughs> is it though is it really that different <laughs> well and i mean i know there was options to stay in anna and stuff but i was just like oh yeah let's no, just, did you found the perfect let's just spot. look at like an airbnb and there Way were actually better. a bunch of them and Way then better. They were all open in November, which blew my mind. I don't understand like how people haven't booked them up for the ride. Maybe it's uh maybe it's the year of the uh lowered pressure, you know. Yeah, maybe everybody so, everybody blew the wad last year. Hopefully, maybe yeah. just everybody knows it's not the good place to hunt. So that's it too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let it out. They know y'all are gonna kill them all. <laughs> yeah, we got we got an. We I'm got excited a for that hunt, man. I'm just. Cause, cause we're not, we don't hunt the whole season. Well, we, we do throughout the season, but it's not like we're going from trip to trip to trip. So like by the time we get to Illinois, I, especially cause it's second week in November or nothing, I'm going to have a lot of energy and I'm going, I'll go anywhere to kill a big buck. We've yeah. got some deer on camera. I'll right swim now. across those Cypress. Yeah. That's ponds. the, uh, we're thinking about maybe hunting some swamp islands. Yes. Yeah. I'm th- cool. I personally am thinking I'm going to stay out of the big timber yeah. and I'm going to stick more to like little island thickets. Jared's very versed in uh, kayak access to very. fishing. Or I'm to a spots. skilled craft. Yeah. 
Yeah, you can combine those words, kayaksis. Yeah, kayaksis. Kayaksis. It's like Ebonics kind of, but it's a little bit different. Yeah, a little bit different. And kayaksis. Yeah. Well, fun fact for you. Do you know that Onyx, like .com, is not owned by Onyx Hunt? It's owned by a group that makes um, uh, psychedelic drugs, like (laughs) like, um, DMT and uh, what's the other one they make? They make a couple of them. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. I was, I was looking at Onyx like Maps. Typed <laughs> <laughs> up on Onyx. Yeah. Well, I heard it. It was on Joe Rogan. It was where I heard that. They're he like, said, oh, this company. Yeah, they were talking about this company, and they do a lot of work in like this really pretty legit like drug research for like PTSD therapies huh. and stuff. Interesting. So Onyx. How about that? Yeah. Different yeah. from the actual <laughs> actual <Same> Onyx. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, what do you think? Yeah, dude, I'm I'm stoked about it. It was great talking to you guys, and yeah. we've obviously got a lot of. Where can not, everybody find you? Just YouTube right now, yeah. or what else you got? Yeah, I mean, we've got a website. It's kind of the hub, theelementwild.com. Okay. Uh, but you know, people don't do that a whole lot. YouTube, the Element, and the Element Podcast, you know, are kind of our main gigs, and then Facebook and Instagram. Do we got any? Uh, you got any new films or episodes coming out, or is it mostly breakdown and gear reviews now? Actually, Tyler's got a pretty cool thing up his sleeve. Yeah. Uh, so, uh. Um, actually, two of the deer that I shot last year, or two of the bucks that I shot, have not released yet. So, we're going to probably release those in sep- the month of September. And one of them is the buck I kind of alluded to earlier that I was hunting at my property for, uh, I don't remember, 20 something days maybe wow. that I hunted that deer. And, um, so it's actually a 10 part series. The, the final, the 10th part will be the full film, which we normally do more just kind of, it's a little more video type than mm-hmm. film. Uh, like it's not so cinematic cause it's just hard to get shots when you're running so much, but yeah, self-filming. yeah self-filming and stuff. So, um, but this is a little more of that film kind of aspect. It's got like a three minute intro, like monologue and some cool stuff, cool. Um, but it's, it's a 90, it's like a 90 minute, you know film and it's pretty Damn long and, and that'll be september up, that'll be uh yeah releasing through the month of september and then i killed a buck on public in kansas that'll release sometime around then as well so um that'll be yeah. perfect timing to get us all amped up thank you yeah that's what we're hoping and, and uh along the way we've got hunt breakdowns and stuff that we're doing with we're getting some of our mounts back from last year so we're kind of revisiting the memories you know and cool. doing some of that so, yeah awesome fun Awesome. And then uh, the maps got the maps got challenge stuff yeah. from this year will be coming out. What I guess August, probably August, like hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, very cool, man. Well, we'll stay tuned for all that. Yeah, we'll be looking for it. We appreciate you guys coming on, and uh, we'll definitely have to hook up here closer to season, or even maybe midway through season if we we all get some breathing room and kind of do a season update and see where we're all at, and maybe if we cross paths even. Heck yeah. If I could yeah. do something in Illinois, eat over some breakfast pizza. There you okay. go. Are you guys going back to Illinois this year? Probably so. Yeah, we've got we're we're gonna we've got a buddy that is hanging some cameras for us right now. Can and, you send me uh, those points? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can. There's no really SD cards in these things. Well, I'll, t- I'll text you. <laughs> I'll text you when we're heading out. We'll be out there uh, towards the end of the July to do our camera deployment, and then okay. we'll be back that second week in November. So I'll, I'll text you when yeah, we're out there. Yeah, if, if you guys do need anything when we're out there, we have a hot July, tub. Just, yeah, just we have a hot tub. So. <laughs> <laughs> bring, 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 bring your float. Bring your floaties and a twelve packer of uh, High Life. The, ne- the next. Next hunter podcast will be November in a hot tub in Illinois. I was like, hey, yeah, you know, this ain't the first time a guy with a man bun asked me to get in a hot tub. <laughs> <laughs> How'd the first one work out for you? 
I didn't get very far. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, well, we appreciate it, guys, and uh, looking forward to continuing to watch you guys and, and how everything kind of develops here this season and hopefully crossing paths in Illinois and, and doing more of this stuff together. Yeah. Cool, man. Back nice. at you, man. Thanks for having us on. Colton, thanks for running the show, bro. All right, boys. We'll talk to you. <laughs> Later, guys. Cool. See you, all We'll see you. Who hangs up? I don't know how to hang up. We'll hang it. We'll hang it. <laughs> All right. Y'all hang up. <laughs> Later. Cool. There you go. Good group of guys. Yeah. Pretty cool. Our style, for sure. That's fun, man. I like just hooking up with... I, that's why I came across their stuff was... I was just researching this Illinois, and I came across these public land challenge... Or not. That's... Yeah. Wrong one I'm thinking. Public land breakdown. Whatever thing. they're doing, the, the map challenge. Yeah. And uh, I was like, man, it's pretty informative. And I watched a little bit more of their stuff and realized they've been around for a while. So, yeah, it's cool. See I if mean, we can learn something. I mean, obviously, they, they've kind of got this path down of really how they're trying to break things down and where they're going and how they're hunting and who they're hunting with and what the content's going to be. Well, I mean, I love that they're doing a lot of out of state public land trips, which, mm-hmm. you know, we're kind of getting into. And so I think we can learn from, I mean, they're, killing some too yeah apparently tyler could six six bucks last year yeah that's a lot so yeah that's good very cool well it sounds like they're gonna be in ohio too so maybe we hook up with them when they get get to ohio Mm -hmm. so very cool well we uh appreciate everybody listening to this episode of hunter podcast did a double duty today so is that two in a row no two weeks ago we did two yeah two weeks ago i like it it's fun just a whole day of it Oh, they have podcastualization. Podcastualization. That's it. So we appreciate everybody listening, and we will see you next time. Later. Take me. Oh.